0: Beyond the Pale Ale, with Matthew Stewart.
1: What's up, everyone? This is Matt from Simplistic Reviews with another edition of Beyond the Pale Ale. Um, Now, this is, uh, I mean... uh, Every episode, I would say special guests, but well, this time, I literally say I have special guests because I have two guests with me on the uh, podcast. I got two brothers, no less, from Texas, and they are from, I'll let you guys do the pronunciation of the brewery because I don't want to sound like some <laughs> great who doesn't know what the hell, how, how to pronounce brewery or anything like that. So I got one team.
0: have so, Isla. Isla.
1: Isla, Isla Brewing. Is it just Isla Brewing? Isla Street. Isla Street Brewing, Isla Street Brewing out of San Antonio, Texas. It's, uh, I it's a neat Josh. story if we have time for it. Oh, I, I mean, I'm on your time. Whatever whatever time you guys <laughs> have, it's the time I got. So I got Josh and Joaquim from Isla Street Brewing out of San Antonio, Texas. Thank you guys for joining me on the
0: well, show. Thank today. you for having us. Uh, All right.
1: it's It's kind of one of these funny things because Everybody I've asked, I mean, maybe I have an inferiority complex for obvious reasons, uh, but every single person I asked to be on the show, I never think I'm going to get a response or anything back from, and you guys were, like, on, on point. I, I hit you up on the DM on Instagram. It's like, hey, do you guys want to be on the show? I talked to Marcus over at uh, at Weathered Souls, and you guys were, like, on it, like Onyx.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, um. we, we pretty much handled all the ins and outs. So social media, mopping floors, everything. But we we kinda like to have that one touch kind of feel with everything because mm-hmm. I think that's that's needed in craft beer, you know. I mean we've we've been we're consumers yeah. ourselves and it's awesome to kinda actually, you know, speak to the, the owners and you know, gauge that that passion that you know people have for, for their craft. So
2: yeah. I, I I think lot, highly things, you know Yeah, no, a lot of, a lot of people don't realize, you know, we we've been fortunate enough to be able to build, you know, a pretty decent following. We're in year one, you know? So a lot of these things, when mm-hmm. people reach out to us and, you know, want to talk, we're like, fuck yeah. Like, let's, you know, we're, we're <laughs> in it, you know, we're excited. Can we cast? Them? Sorry. i sorry. No, I, dude, what, what? please. Edit those please. out later Please, on. please, Chris, you know, I, I almost <laughs> encourage it. <laughs> we're, 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 we're like, we're, we're like little kids in a candy store right now. You know, it just, you know, it. it we're flying uh, to uh, Jay Wakefield to do a collab next month. You know, nice. and it's just like, what the hell? Like, you know, like, it's just been be- like being shot out of a cannon. You know, and since my brother and I do everything, you know, it's it's not lost on us. So we love to take the chance to, you know, sit and talk with anybody who will pay attention to us. Really, I, I love that. I mean, um, I'm from Miami. I'm I'm
1: born and raised in Miami. I- I'm by way of Nashville at this point now too. So I mean, but yeah. born and raised. Kendall is is. My, my area that I was born Baptist Memorial Hospital so see you guys going down the Jay Wakefield in year one already doing a collab and working with those guys that's you know that's that's my local brewery that's that's a brewery that I rep as much as it might be like ah well King Wakefield is so hot right now it's like yeah well it is hot no, right. there's a reason <laughs> that, <that's
0: laughs> they can back up South they can North back North up North
1: their North, product North, so. yeah Jonathan North and North, Maria North. and all them they can yeah. back that shit up
2: so yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. It, it it it's like we were, we were talking about the other day. It's like DJ Khaled, you know. Like you're nobody <laughs> until you get a DJ Khaled collab, you know. And so that's Jay Wakefield. when so. you have
1: him on the beginning of the record, where you can at least have him. Yeah. Get, get a DJ Khaled at the very beginning. You know, you kind of made it at that point. You that at Rick Ross. <laughs> yeah, you, that,
2: that's gonna carry some you get weight. You the best. You know. Yeah. It, or you get a Gucci Mane you on know,
1: know, your on one bar. No, sixteen bars here, from Gucci man, You know, you made it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we we had what. You know, what we would consider was kind of a, you know, introductory coming out party tour that we're looking forward to this summer, you know, hitting a couple of different festivals around the country and then COVID hit, you know, and so we were really bummed about this. Plus CBC, you know, we had some big plans, some heavy hitters coming in for CBC for collabs with us, you know, and so this is definitely something that, you know, it holds a lot of weight and definitely kind of takes a little bit of sting off it, you know, as you know, getting like, you know, do a Jay Wakefield collab and, yeah, and you know, in lieu of missing some of those festivals, yeah, because we had CBC in Nashville two years ago, so it's kind of
1: funny. Yeah, yeah. it's like at CBC in you know 2018, and then you would have you know we had World Beer Cup. You guys would have had World Beer Cup this year. So with all yeah. this being lost, it's kind of
0: like fuck. This is yeah. Come on, man. Was, <laughs> yeah, no, it was not. It, it, it was, not, it was not fun hearing that your that your beer is getting turned into hand sanitizer. You're like. Oh really yeah, all those I mean, all those nights of just like <laughs> pumping out these stouts and everything to send over there it's like oh yeah by the way your your beer's getting turned into hand sanitizers yeah you awesome. know in, in a lot of ways that you know it was it was kind of a
2: coming out party for you know a lot of san antonio because San antonio is not really you know regarded you know in the craft beer landscape you know as a as a hotbed yeah. you know and and so it's one of those things where you know it's always had the very typical Euro-German beer experience, you know, that, mm-hmm. you know, goes back to the story. So a lot of people don't realize that San Antonio is one of the largest settlements outside of Germany for, for German, you know, immigrants, mm-hmm. you know, and then same thing with Mexican. And so there's been a big, uh, you know, melting pot of Mexican German culture for for centuries here. Um, and so the beer has always kind of really re- kind of reflected that in the more traditional sense. And so, you know, the last couple of years with, you know, weathered souls coming in and really kind of you know making the splash and you know us coming in right behind them you know and a lot of what's going on on the 35 corridor you know we we're really looking forward to kind of showcasing you know what we're doing now as a craft beer community yeah i mean i haven't visited texas well i was i was in austin
1: probably about four or five years ago and of course everybody knows in austin everybody knows jester king that's kind of the mm. the bear, bellwether in a lot of ways for craft brewing in texas yeah. but then you have you know you have deep elm you know, you have uh, St. Arnold, which is also huge, kind of in, in the Houston area, of course, too, but you don't hear a lot about, you know, you hear about Ranger Creek as well, kind of in that same area, but San Antonio, um, no, we, ha- we haven't even got to the intro, I-, I can see where this where this episode's going, <laughs> we're just going to be talking about Beer and brewing in Texas the entire we're time. At, we're good about doing spontaneous <laughs> and being off topic, so. I love that. Yeah. I mean, I feel like all the other <laughs> interviews I've done have been kind of like by the book,
2: by the book. So. No, you, yeah. you've got like you've got two grade A-hams on now that you, you give us a if you give us a soapbox, all you gotta do is prompt us and say go.
1: <laughs> that's all I want. So okay, you guys have been drinking already. I haven't even popped my can open, but let's let's get to let's go with the intros. Like tell tell me. Tell the audience about you guys, and then also say, "Tell us what you guys are, what you guys have having to class right now." You know, we've gotten this far, we haven't gotten that far yet, though. <laughs> uh,
2: so I, I guess I, I I I'll do I'll do the backstory part, and I'll let my brother okay. pick up. Yeah, he does it better than me. Uh, let us know okay. where we're going. <laughs> um, you know, so um, you know, I my we're we're second generation uh, Americans. You know, our grandfather's from from Mexico. He's a migrant farmer. Um, you know, and, and so he came from, uh, uh, Coquilla, Mexico, came over as a migrant farmer and he would make his trips back and forth, um, all the way up Michigan, you know, Illinois, and just kind of follow the seasons. Um, and about three times through after getting sent back, they said, you know, tell you what, if you want to join the army, you can have your citizenship and you know, you can stay here. And so he joined the army fought in Korea. And when he came home, he, uh, Bought himself a lot of land on Isla Street in Corpus Christi, Texas. And so from there he he built his little blue house that, you know, is part of a lot of the original imagery of our brewery. Um, and then he added on to that house, you know, as he, you know, brought his brothers and sisters over and eventually built his parents a house two streets down. And so our whole family kind of comes out of that, that blue house and that heritage. Um, you know, and he was one definitely one of those American dream kind of guys. Um, and so in that he learned how to be a contractor, became the most successful contractor in Corpus. Um, and up until 1983, 1983, he was diagnosed with a degenerative spinal disease and they said he had one year left to live. And, you know, you're thinking about these doctors in the eighties, you know, everything's kind of more doom and gloom. They didn't have the science. So they told him one year left. And so he says, you know, if I got one year left to live, you know, I want to take it, you know, I want to spend it taking care of my wife and my family. So he sold his business off. He taught himself how to garden and cook. And he basically just was there for my, my, my parents, you know, my dad, my, my uncles and my grandma. Um, he ended up living another thirty-seven years, but the cooking and the gardening became just kind of part of him. Mm-hmm. You know, his personality's his tradition, and you know, in that, you know, it was always a very exciting thing for for him to do. And from that point on, the men in our family only cook. You know, fast forward, you know, to our adult lives. You know, I was a, a director of culinary and a chef. You know, for you know twenty years and my brother you know he was an oil field chemist and so one of the things that wow. always kind of brought us together as we worked you know was can you kind of see where this is going yeah you know brought us together you know as we'd meet up and you know we'd we'd uh you know go it was craft beer that kind of was the uniter for us you know and and you know we'd sit there and we'd pound craft beer you know and we started in the same places where everybody else did but we'd look in the you know in the shelves and in the coolers and there wasn't really anything that reflected us you know and so you know we kind of had those natural conversations of we, we should do this we should try you know, and at first we started, you know, like, wanting to do, like, a food truck, and then, you know, my brother came with the idea of craft beer, you know, and then it kind of just started snowballing from there, mm-hmm. you know, so brewing the basic recipes at first, you know, kind of getting a real feel for it, but then, you know, getting really weird with it and saying, okay, like, what if we threw, like, a benuelo in here, what if we threw an empanada, what if we threw conchas in here, you know, and, and it, it's a neat thing, because, you know, since the men in our family cook, him and I can talk about flavors, him and I, have this really unspoken language where we can kind of just know where each other's going with the thought process you know but you know be, be, once we get beyond the flavors he's got the expertise you know with the chemistry background to be able to kind of think about okay so if we're going to add this pastry you know there's going to be residual sugar there's going to be residual yeast you know like what do we need to do to you know account for that you know what kind of viscosity we're we looking for you know and further than that you know him and i get together on the back end and when we finish a beer you know we talk about you know how do we how do we bring these flavors together and so it all kind of started with how do we use craft beer as, you know, a way to make our culture approachable, mm-hmm. you know, for people that maybe aren't, you know, really used to, you know, Mexican culture beyond, you know, what they see on TV. And then how do we get, you know, our family, our culture, our uncles who only drink like Bud Light and Lone Star and, you know, PBR, you know, how do we get them into craft beer, you know, and the engagement is always really neat, you know, because we have this very San Antonio type brewery tap room, you know, you'll see people come from both walk of life and, within an hour, they're talking to each other, and they're relating, you know, and you'll get people that come in that never had anything but a Bud Light, you know, but they tried, you know, our lager, but it's got a little tamarindo in it, you know, and, and, or they see a flavor on the board, and all of a sudden, you know, they're like, oh, I'm gonna try that, you know, then, you know, my dad's, you know, really kind of like our, our biggest, you know, showcase, our prize, because he was one of those guys that only drank, you know, he was in the military as well, and drank, like, Bud Light and shelfies and stuff, but now he goes to BJ's, and, you know it goes anywhere there's a you know 100 tap you know list on the menu mm-hmm. he's not afraid of you know i'll talk you know i know he knows the difference between a new england and the west coast you know he knows <laughs> the on. he knows the different flavor profiles and to us that's neat you know so how do we take these really fun ideas you know and and educate people and craft beer so we we completely entered with the mindset of how do we make it approachable mm-hmm. and then my brother can tell you where we're going now man that's a lot to unpack right now <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that was the abridged version i mean the abridged version is i mean i i mean i i mean like i said dude yeah. we got all night, so we could we can just keep talking and talking and talking i mean
0: i, I I've think i feel French like robin year. williams and jumanji every time he tells a story i'm like what year
2: i think the oh, neat thing is that you know we've over this last year us being in this real entry point we got those people that were very resistant to us at first you know like Mm -hmm. i want beer flavored beer or do you make this you know or they're just trying to cover stuff up you know and my brother is one of those perfectionists where like if and that's the thing i mean he's sitting there he reads every review that comes through you know so yeah yeah, i don't care if it's two three in the morning you know but he's one of those guys where he takes it personally because you know we're putting something out into the world you know like your first reaction can be like oh they're stupid or you can say okay let, let me see where they got that from and how we can adapt you know and in that that's given us the runway to really kind of develop our personality as a brewery. So, mm-hmm. you know, we couldn't confidently say, Hey, you know, we don't make beer for everybody. You know, we're not for everybody, you know, but you know what we, what we dial into, you know, I mean, we're, we right now we're dialing into a haze program that is just lights out right now. Stouts are what we're known for, you know, mm-hmm. Berliners adjuncted sours gozas are what we're known for, you know, you're mm-hmm. not going to come in and, you know, maybe find yourself a nice crispy boy, but you know, you're gonna have an experience, a very personal experience.
0: I love me a crispy boy, though. Oh, we all do. <laughs> we, make, we make a good one. We made. Just don't have time for him. That's that's the
2: well, I mean,
1: that's the whole thing. With like, if you want to make like a, a true crispy boy in, in the right aspect, I mean, you got to have the tank space. You got to have the time. Oh, yeah. You don't cut corners because I mean, I I mean, I'm in the business. I'm in the distri- I'm in this, on the distribution side. I've had plenty of bad crispy boy. I've had plenty of great crispy boy. So, I mean, everybody can pump out a, you know, New England at this point too, at the same time. But you also have to make sure you put out a, you know, New England or a hazy that is good quality and keeps the people coming back. And they want to pay the 14 or 15 or $16 for that four pack uh, that you're putting out as well too. So, yeah. Which is what I'm looking for all the time. Well, Josh went long. I want to. I want to hear about you, Joaquin. I want to hear about. <laughs> I want to hear about what's going on in the back of the house. I want to hear about the brew. I want to uh, hear what you guys are drinking. I mean, we haven't even got to what you guys are sipping on right now.
0: Some guy was talking. We just did another
1: <laughs> I, I saw you pop that second one. I
0: got one of ours, so I got the, <laughs> I got the brewers, I got my brewer stash, so it's the Ysla Peranquia that we just did with the, ah. the Hazy IPA with the Zaka, Eldorado. Dorado, mm-hmm. a little bit of cashmere. I've been, I've been really just out on the Zaka, El Dorado combo, so we've been trying to get right. our Haze program up and running, because mm-hmm. Santa are really known for Haze, and us and Weather Souls kind of almost take the cake when it comes to like the, the big adjunct pastry stouts uh, yeah. around Texas. So like you know, let's let's uh, let's show Houston the rest of the rest of the world. We can we can do some haze. So it's a little more intricate than you gotta you gotta hone in like when you do like all of your you know addition when you dry hop temperature stuff like that. So it's a little bit more like intricate than a lot of people like think because then it's just like oh you're just hazing up your beer and you're dry hopping. It's like no, oh, you gotta have you know your temperatures different things like that that you gotta work with. It's a lot more harder than it's a lot harder than brewing a stout actually
1: what's well, harder. Sure. It's and, been
0: challenging. Yeah.
1: And it's expensive. I mean, you're using yeah. hops. Hops are not cheap. I don't care what anybody says. It's like, yeah, well, you get cheap hops,
0: but you're going to I think, <laughs> I think if you utilize like your timing and your temperatures, you don't have to use as much. Yeah. You can kind of stay in this like average pocket, mm-hmm. which we've kind of been like honing in on. So well, uh, I won't get into too much detail to it, but yeah, I mean, it, it's actually like been night and day since when we started. Cause when I first started, it was like, I never want to brew Hazy's, like IPA's want to be Saison's wits and stuff like that, and then, like, I got my ego checked when we started <laughs> handing out her beers, and then I was like, oh, this is okay, and you're like, Shit. What the hell? I put so much into this, this bullshit. And was like, <laughs> all my cousins and brothers said it was badass and that we should start a brewery and then you take it to the stranger it's just like eh, yeah this is all right and it's like, that's
1: like every home brewer story it's like well my neighbor stuff was good it's like well, okay yeah it's, it's cool to brew on a uh, you know five gallon ten gallon but if you're brewing on a uh, 7 10 15 barrel system it, it's not just a oh august do the same thing i'm doing but this like now there's a little yeah. bit more going into it. and you being a chemist yeah. and of course you just you know coming from a culinary background i'm sure it's the the, yeah. the pride in that it's like look we know our shit we're gonna put the best shit out we can at this
0: point yeah, yeah. we try yeah. to get a solid we try to get a solid base first that's like needs to happen so the base always happens like hands over down if the base doesn't taste good then I don't want to go. want to move forward from it because I mean, I think people can taste the imperfections, and then I can sit there and be like, "Oh my god, this this sucks." I know it does. Yeah. And so I think just, that's, that's probably mentioned. one of the most like uh, uh,
2: biggest mis- misconceptions about us is that we just like turned the lights on a year ago and started throwing weird shit in a beer. Mm-hmm. You know, like you know it, the, the, there was an entire two th- two and a half three year base beer. You know, clinic that you know that we put ourselves through to make sure that you know these bases are where they're at and you know the adjuncts that we we're throwing in weren't just like pulling them out of a hat you know and i think you yeah. know early on when we started you could see a little bit of that of uh, you know a, a lot of people were hesitant at first you know with us because they thought that you know and i think as people get to know us as people see the way the you know the process works and how much time we put in you know and I think they kind of start to understand the, you know, the overall craft part of it, you know? And so I think going back to it, you know, stylistically, I think, you know, it, it kind of helps us lend the styles more to the flavors, you know, rather than, you know, having to go the other way around and say what the really rigid, you know, you know, block of, you know, this is what this is. And this is what that is, you know, but the hazy has been something that we just, you know, we just made a concerned effort, you know, about, six months ago to just dial into and say, Hey man, like we're not adjuncting these things till we get them right. You know, and we're going to make sure it's on par with the people that we're drinking, you know, at, at some day, you know, people are going to have to notice, you know? And so again, you know, it's more, more credit to my brother, you know, it was just that tenacity to just dig after it, you know, cause it's definitely, you know, I, I look at him sometimes and I think of like Iron Man, you <laughs> know, when Iron Man has like the closet of all the different suits and you see where mm-hmm. they started, yep. you know, and, and, the, the average person wouldn't be able to sit there and discern, you know, the difference between, you know, Iron Man Mark 13 and Ironman Mark 25, you know, but he can, you know, and yeah. he can tell you exactly what it is. And it's literally that process every week and I sit down and, all right, let's pull this one out. Let's put this one in. Let's pull that. you know, we're sitting there with different hot profiles, you know, mm-hmm. really kind of laying them out. And it, it, it's been a process, you know?
1: Well, the thing, I guess that reminds me of, I mean, here locally in Nashville, I mean, we have Southern Grist and Southern Grist has been doing, Mixed greens. I think they're on. Pff, fuck. I don't even know what they're on right now. Somewhere in the 30s. guys
0: like, and my favorite brewery when we visited when I when I went to CBC that was my favorite brewery. Oh, I mean, yeah.
1: they have such a yeah, great it. reputation. I mean, they they don't. Yeah. I mean, they don't cut corners. They started from a small little like seven to ten barrel thing that they have a huge production pro you know uh, program out near Ilo, which is great because I don't have to go nice. across town to get their beer. So which is perfect for me. But I mean, mixed greens was a, you know, a love project for them. Saying we're gonna make, a, we're gonna make a hazy boy, but we're gonna do it this way, and we're gonna focus in on the hot profiles. And of course, you know, yeah. it's, it's pastry stouts, it's hazy boys, it's fruited sours, and now they started doing the crispy and, boy. They started, so, Southern crisp is out, and it's yeah, it, it's delicious. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so it it it's funny you say that too, because so like so we, we try to take a craft approach to everything that we do, and like said a lot of people kind of dismiss that because of our our size of brewery and you know how fast we cycle through brews, and they think it's just a a different process, you know? And it's, so it's funny to us because we really, we look at traditional styles. We look at the traditional elements, you know, and kind of say, okay, like let's hit these high points, but we, we completely exist in the whole hype brewery stratosphere, you know, like our beer sells out in minutes, you know, like we, we understand, you know, that it's a balance. We understand what sells, what's moving, you know, that's why you're going to see our, our product makes, if you look at it, is 90%, you know, Berliners, adjunct stouts, and hazies, you know, but, you know, yeah. and when I turn cool. around and we'll go meet with other brewers around town, you know, and they, you know, kind of give us a gentle ribbing or something like that, you know, it's <laughs> just like, well, I mean, they're standing in line for this one, you know, <laughs> I like,
1: I like money ago. at the end of the day. I'm going to get paid. Yeah. I'm yeah, we, our green, dude.
0: <laughs> we make this, so uh, it, we make this, we make this relevant, yeah, uh,
2: high brewery trends are a relevant thing
0: they are as we, make this, as people. we make this we make this cult saison that we do it's called 1606 and it's, mm-hmm. it's the address from my grandparents house and it's got like bells it's got like the belgian saison with uh, lavender sage aged orange Ooh. peel and a little bit of basil it's a solid saison and people love it like when they drink it yeah but then just kind of throw it in a can or like put it on tap and then those people like disappear they turn into thin air and they're like oh what do you mean put 1606 on and it's just like and then you different. put it on, it's like, eh, you what know, so it?
1: what is it? Is it was like a festival beer. I, I hate, I hate using the term of like, oh, it's a festival beer. It's like, oh, uh, it's like I get it. There's a the time and a place for all that stuff. To me, that sounds wonderful. I mean, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, it's on right with all those elements. Is, I'll
0: take it. it, it, it good style, it's kind of styles, you know, but they just don't move as quickly as you know, because I think those three styles lend themselves well to like different kind of like, you know, adjuncts, boots you know, stuff like that, to where like they really just kind of have this they. Just make the make your like ingredients shine that you want to put in the beer. So
2: yeah, and I I think it's kind of you know kind of a more more of a testament to somebody who hasn't been to our brewery to understand what we do. You know, we've got a whole faction of clientele that comes in for these core beers. You know, and and as we've been in COVID, it's pushed us more to a to go platform. You know, like we have a yeah. whole other sector clientele that's just hype hype hype. You know, and it's weird seeing that kind of that cross right now, because right now the tap room isn't open, mm-hmm. you know, and so all the release kids are killing it right now. You know, we got a whole <laughs> group of people that just are itching for those core beers back because they like the tap room and coming in and the stories behind those core beers. And, you know, it's just been it. it it's definitely just been a dance this year trying to figure out, you know, kind of where we're at. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, the other thing is we we did in in year one, we did about one hundred and twenty five beers. You know, in one year, you know, and so that gives you a lot of time to tweak and play, yeah. and you know, and and really kind of blow through some things. So it was just look at the highlight reels.
0: See what worked, what didn't work. In like, whirlwind, 125 <laughs> yeah. in one year. That's yeah,
2: pretty pretty crazy. Uh, well, uh, after <laughs> about after about six months, we kind of just got got into this. We kind of grew our tap room. And so all of our batches of beers, you know, that, you know, when we opened and we put together a business plan and kind of figured what we were trying to do, you know, we started small because we didn't know how this thing would get, you know, we're like, okay, well, this batch of beer should last us about two weeks, three weeks. You know, we got to where before COVID, you know, the beer was, you know, some of them were lasting two hours on tap, whole batches and yeah. out, you know? And so we were getting to where we were just sold out some weeks and it, it was just kind of nuts. And so, yeah, 125 beers was That was us, you know, throwing up the, the, you know, the the flares and just saying, well, you know, like we're literally... I
1: guess there's people who like what we're doing. So we'll keep what we're doing. Well, I guess what's interesting about the whole COVID thing, now, since you guys have pretty much almost gone through, I don't want to say your entire year, but you've gone through a bulk of like, you know, the business right now during COVID. Do you think that's going to modify any future idea of how you see your business? Do you think you will continue to go the same route in a certain way or do you think you'll go back into more traditional route i know i see your head i see i see the head turning
2: so i mean it's interesting it's an interesting concept to kind of consider now at this point no, it, it, it is so so pre-covid yeah. we never had a chance to do to go beer people would come in and just flock for it and it was it sold out taproom only you yeah. know we and people just would wanted they were wanting to take it and so now we're, we're in covid and so we're down to the point to where we have to do one weekly sale of beer for an allotment and it sells out in about two, three minutes. And so it's just, it's flying.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And obviously that, that kind of helps us, you know, kind of, or makes us wonder like, what do we need to do? But ultimately, you know, we built ourselves on providing a very unbrewery craft beer experience in the tap room, our tap room, you know, again, you come in and we play nothing but like Norteño, Norteño, Cumbia, Tejano, like reggaeton. Like it's very up, upbeat, you know, high volume. Like yeah. it's probably one of the only tap rooms you'll come to where you're going to get about 60, 40 girls to guys. Because it's just completely comfortable. It's It's got more of like a, uh, like a Havana dive bar. I about kind to of say, feel. it's got you're that from, Miami, Miami vibe, man. I'm from Miami, yeah, man. Absolutely. You don't
1: absolutely. have to tell me, dude. It's all
2: good. Very <laughs> Miami kind of vibe. and so, th- This is yeah. like, you know, just, just kind of string lights, you know, very kind of just like you know, subdued, you know, still kind of lively, and, Mm -hmm. you know, in fact, and then there, you know, you're, right now, you're gonna, you're gonna get the story from my brother and I, we pour the beer, we hang out in the tap room, you know, we're there to talk about it, and so there's a very, and to us, it's just an integrity point, like, that tap room experience is important to us, but, you know, it's hard to ignore the release model, um, you know, and what that does for us, and and where that's going, so it's just, you know, I think it's, right now, it's one of the many things that's kind of flying overhead, where, we're really con- conscientious about how we kind of take that on because we're also I in the luxury of we're, we're building out a bigger location, newer location now. So we can kind of write that strategy, you know, from scratch now knowing yeah. what we know. So it's a very interesting yeah. s-
0: situation we're in. I think a lot of other breweries is you start seeing the landscape kind of change with it just because, you know, they have bigger systems. So we had the opportunity to kind of adapt and like kind of overcome. So like it was more of like, you know, even before COVID, it was just kind of like every weekend it was like swinging for the fences, throwing haymakers out just because mm-hmm. we wanted to get our footprint out. So it was kind of like the grassroots thing. So it's kind of the same thing, you know, almost, you know, of it and just kind of, you know, throw those throw those haymakers and swing for the fences kind of thing. So it was kind of nice to be able to still do what we do and not have to worry about like. Oh shit! We had fifteen barrels of this, or you know, got to get rid of twenty barrels of that, you know. So it was kind of nice to kind of just be like almost like a chameleon and just kind of like week in, week out have different beers that we were able to kind of put on, put out, and just have in the release. So it was, it's nice.
1: I can only imagine like the amount of hours that you're in the brew house or you're in the front of the house, Josh, like trying to explain like, well, we got another uh, thirty beers on this week. Here's uh, what we're <laughs> rocking and stuff like that. You know? so, people would get mad because then, they would come
2: then, in the and week that, before. That's part and, uh, of the reason why we have we have beer tenders, we trained ourselves. They they had no experience before. Is because that's literally what it is. You're gonna walk in, and sometimes it's from day to day. They'll work on Friday, two or three beers will get sold out, and there's two or three different ones on. they're just like all right what are we doing and then three of those beers pop and then another three on the next day and so it's definitely it's just an adapt and overcome but you know we wouldn't have it any other way you know i mean the way we grew up we grew up you know on the struggle bus you know we Mm -hmm. we worked for everything we have we grew up from a family that worked for everything they have and you know we we talk about all the time we're thankful that we were made for something like COVID. COVID came around and you know we're, we're used to struggling we're used to you know having to adapt and so it's actually you know, I feel weird saying it because of that COVID has been better for us than it has for a lot of our friends. And I, you know, I mean, and and now we think back, okay. So, you know, my brother and I went back and forth over what size brewery to, you know, to open with what kind of brew house we wanted. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about what beer we're kind of trying to do and what would work for us. And we went, we went smaller, you know, we went definitely smaller on the scale than what everybody else does. But I'm looking at those people that opened within the last year that went with the big polished, you know, just professional systems right out the gate they're sitting on beer that they made months ago, you know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy, you know I mean? And you're, you're going to be hard pressed to find a beer from ours that is two weeks old, let alone one, you know I mean? I was about to say, so it's, it's not going to last
1: that long. It's like, you got, I think you know. guys are selling yourself short. If you got a beer on there for two well, weeks, it's like, what do you do?
2: The thing is is, is, is these collectors like to, these collectors like to sell them. Oh, of and course, it's just yeah. one of those things. I'm just like, dude, just drink it now. Enjoy it. You know? It's one of those things where we walk to the tap room and I'll, I'll see the little yellow screens pop up to kind of untap from everybody and it's just like, just enjoy it. Like that's what it's here for, man. It's like, I know, yeah. It's, my, it's, my, it's... my brother calls it adult Pokemon. Yeah. Pokemon. <laughs> well, that's adult the whole world. thing now
1: too. Which, 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 what's interesting, it's like the two big things that have, I think have really come out of this whole um, COVID and other thing, like this all this kind of, I don't want to say disasters, but for lack of a better term, I'll say disasters, is the all together collaboration everybody did. And everybody... Fucking Pokemon! Talk about fucking Pokemon collector right there. I mean, it's like everybody's trying to collect all the damn all together beers. The other half put together with everybody, and now, you know, we're we're you know, you guys are part of the uh, you know Black is Beautiful project. I feel like that's yeah. going to be another Pokemon collector. Everybody doing everything, you know. And yeah. what's funny to me is that it's it's cool to have everybody be part of it. I just don't want it to be part of this collecting phase where it's like, oh, cool, I collected it and it's not part of a bigger idea that all the breweries seem to be a part of. Whereas yeah. the, the beer collectors are like, oh, cool, I got 600 different breweries that did this collaboration or something like that. It's like kind of missing the whole point on why yeah. everybody's doing well, the collaboration.
2: I, I, and you, you talked to Marcus last week, and I think, mm-hmm. you know, from, for our two cents, you know, I think if even if they are start out with the idea that they want to collect, yeah. there's still the opportunity to create the conversation. Yeah, and I think that's the most important part. You know, with somebody who's in it just to collect and maybe doesn't get the message is that you know every, every brewery is doing their own can. It's an education piece, and I think if anything, it's more of a um, uh, uh, an example of how united the craft beer community is in favor of you know what these are. You know, in affect human rights. You know, and so if there's someone out there that maybe doesn't buy into it or doesn't get it, you know, they're all of a sudden they feel very alone and to abuse a term, you know, they're, they're the minority now, you know, so I I think it's all, it's all about the conversation piece. I think it's on us as an industry, us craft breweries that are participating to continue that education when given the platform. So I think that's the other thing I'll I'll throw back on, you know, the onus on the industry and say, Hey, you know, it's beyond just putting this beer out. Like, what are you doing to you know, to to keep awareness up, or to showcase awareness, or yeah. to show, hey, this is how we're better for it.
0: Just echoing Josh, but like you know, I I think it's it's more of a easier bridging the gap kind of thing because I mean, you know, beer, you know, unites us all, you know, in some kind of way, you know, what I mean, people have gotten over arguments over beer, you know what I mean? So this is kind of like a way of, you know, having that conversation piece now, you know. And, you know, being able to talk about those things that, you know, need to be talked about. I've I've seen, you know, comments where it's just like, oh, just keep it out of beer, keep it out of beer. It's like, you know, we kind of think of it, it needs to be a platform. You know, they they do that in other, you know, with athletes and everything like that. I mean, people work hard to get to this, you know, point in life, you know. Why not give them the platform to, you know, express that, you know, change and, you know, what we need to do, you know, as as a, you know, to unify. So, yeah.
1: Because I mean, one of the kind of the, one of the points that I mean, uh, when Markets and I were discussing last week, is another big thing about beer that has always bothered me. Especially being from Miami and you know being being in different places, it's always been the kind of lack of diversity. I mean, maybe maybe the perceived lack of diversity that I've seen. Um, I mean, you would think you know being in South Florida, you would see more, and you started seeing more of it. But there's still you know you go to festivals, you go to the people. You know, people that collect, people that stand in bottle wines or bottle shares, it's still 90 yeah. percent, you know, white. For life. I mean, I'm sorry, it, it just kind of is, um, and just it's it's kind of a microcosm of just society as a whole, where it's like, how can we be more ingratiating in this when we're trying to be ingratiating, or at least understanding of. What's going on with different cultures i don't know it's it's always always been like digging in my craw and a lot of things with that you know
2: and and that's kind of part of what when we started out you know we knew it was going to be uphill especially you know with not only the demographic but what we were trying to achieve with beer you know our whole platform when we started was how do we put our culture into beer and represent it you know and Mm -hmm. you know it's one of those things where we you know we try to make sure every beer has some sort of element to it that's you know got like a, a different mexican fruit or a spice or a pastry you know or a different word you know you know somewhere and it's to us it's like a little you know tongue-in-cheek way of educating you know people you know and, and we have some customers that joke about it you know they said they're here for the word of the week you know because what you know there's something on the board it's a new spanish word you know yeah. but it's it's neat to see the engagement you know and i think well, you're seeing a daddy duty you're seeing I, um, <laughs> I heard it i heard it coming a mile away yeah you're But then you're seeing some of the backlash too, you know, you're seeing some of these breweries that have maybe, you know, have been guilty of appropriating, you know, in the past or have continued to kind of appropriate different elements of culture Mm -hmm. without educating or without, you know, giving thanks or homage. And I think you're seeing a lot of these drink craft beer drinkers that are calling them out on social media now for, for not doing that, you know? And so I think at the end of the day, I feel like the craft beer industry is moving in the right direction. I think, and outside of craft beer, I think, I think this the same way. I think, you know, right now you're going to see the big push for everybody to want to get back to normal, to want to stop hearing about it, to want to stop talking about it. But right now, I mean, the mic's on, it's hot. People are listening. You know, I think this is the best time Mm -hmm. for, for, even, even if you've never been to a a point where you were vocally outspoken about it or, you know, this is the best time to kind of just let everybody know where you stand. You know I mean? It's, 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 the time is now you know i mean
1: well it's it's, yeah it's live i mean it's like there's no hiding behind i mean no matter what happened what happened in the past or what happens in the future it's like you know sorry everything that you've ever done in the past is going to come to fruition at some points and you know and it's unfortunate that we have to come to a point where it's like oh well we're going to band together because now this is happening it's like why can't we just do that all the time (laughs)
2: yeah well and, and then that, that's interesting too you know i mean we're 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 blessed to have a i guess part of us getting in the way we did we inherited a very diverse clientele yeah and so having conversations with them now even if they are in snippets when they pick up beer it's interesting to see kind of where everybody's mindset is at and how they feel about it mm-hmm. it's you can definitely tell like you can feel it in the climate okay. you feel it in the air like there's there's change you know and i feel like you know it's 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 going to be for the better. Like, it feels like it's moving towards for the better. You know, it didn't, I I just, I just feel like it's on us, you know, past black is beautiful, mm-hmm. past these other projects to keep on talking, you know, to keep on, you know, saying stuff, you know, yeah. like it's, yeah. it's important to have these conversations. You know, my brother and I have been outspoken since we opened, you know, last year when ice was doing the detention centers, you know, we came out, mm-hmm. you know, and said our piece on that, you know, we had, you know, we had our, our statements on it. Same thing with pride last year. You know, you know, we really tried to make sure that, you know, that we honor, you know, the the Mexican heritage that we that we portray, you know, and try to use it in a way that, you know, it puts it in the best light and doesn't make it so, you know, tongue in cheek, Dos Equis Corona, Taco Bell, you yeah. know, like. Don't, don't be it's a caricature
1: of yourself at this point.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, enough people are doing it for us. So why do it? <laughs> Why enough enough. Serious?
1: white people are doing it for you guys you guys do have to do it for yourself so oh,
2: dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think there's once a week my brother and i see an instagram post we just kind of look at each other like are you fucking serious
1: yeah it's it's like the what? What, what what's the matter it's like oh god Ooh. Your whiteness is yeah, like you're you're, it. You're, <laughs> yeah. you're from Hawaii, they don't do this up there. Like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like I, I get it. It's like ha okay, yeah. it's it's like well, why my other friends will get it? It's like, oh yeah, your other friends are also white and don't understand <laughs> <laughs>
0: everything, you know. they thought it was great. They I'll, I'll was have great. you know I went <laughs> <hilarious. laughs> it's like I'll have you know I went yeah, to two summers
2: in a row. But if you if, if if you enjoy just a little bit of it, go on untapped and just like search Mexican lager, and just see like what people name these things. Like yeah. you'll literally just
0: every third one just kind of recoil. Just
2: like are you oh, there's a there's a
0: good there was a good one this past week um, on Worst Beer Blog and I was just like wow they apologized for it but it was just like yeah wow. after the fact you why know, didn't have the foresight dude, to not do that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, no, it's, it's funny they don't care it's like they don't drink it's like the perception is like oh we, you know Hispanics don't drink craft beer you know, it's like. There's more minorities that get into craft beer, like, every day. Like, it's crazy. There's more minorities opening up breweries now. It's, it's, it's awesome. You know?
1: Well, I mean, we're, we're getting to a point in this country where this is a minority, like, you know, there's more minorities in this country than there are white people. It's like, this is just the the, the fact of the matter. Yeah. There's more immigrants. Everybody's a freaking immigrant in this country, okay. um, and it's just, yeah. I don't know. Okay. I don't want that to apologize, for, to to want me, apologize yeah. for myself, but I will. <laughs> no,
2: no you, you don't need to. Uh, but that's, that's what
1: Understanding
0: what is, me, is the thing, that, you know. I think, as a so society like in like, America,
2: we yeah. just like, we drew a line at some point that, you know, that was like almost like a grandfather clause for immigration. It was like, you know, we're all immigrants here, you know. So why did, at some point, it just start like in the 30s, you know, or 20s, you know, to start, you know, start defining people as immigrants. But everybody before that just all of a sudden is grandfathered. The I mean, we all just kind of understood that. was because like. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's just so weird, you know. We we're we we're military brats, so we grew up yeah. just kind of abroad. You know, we just always grew up with just everybody. You know, like we we every color, every every nationality. Like we just, just that's just how we know how to get along. And so yeah, it's a, we always joke about it. We use that that remember the Titans line. You know, we ain't at camp anymore. You know, this is one of those things where, cause among us, like we get it, you know, but when sometimes we'll see some stuff in the real world and we're like, man, like, I don't even know why it's like that. I, I can't fathom some of the things that people say and that go on. Like, I can't fathom the fact that we're talking about some of these things in 2020. Like, I just, it, it, I don't understand it, you know? To your point, in Ohio, what do you have in Ohio or what do you have in,
1: I don't know, the middle of the country? You know, you, you, you don't have a lot to kind of go off of, so trying to yeah. retroactively teach people while well, it's, you know, it could, be, I guess, it could be infuriating for a lot of people, but it's, it's like,
0: I think it's that's just it's fear of education too. So. I think it's, it's finally learning a, a different heritage or, or somebody else's culture and finding out that shit. I was wrong. So yeah. You know? Sorry. I mean, I,
1: I you got to take the L on some, on some <laughs> things, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, it's just one yeah. of those things where it's like, I think you got to understand that you don't get one without the other. Like you can't say that, sit there, you know, and I, I think this is what I've appreciated most about a lot of these protests and, you know, kind of like woke social media is that <clears throat> you can tell that there's a new generation that it just isn't going to put up with shit anymore, you yeah. know, and to me, that's neat, you know, because what's always bothered me is, you know, when you talk about like gentrification in different areas and whatnot, you know, like you can't sit there in one breath and say like, oh my god, I love pho, and you know, and I love going to the, you know, uh, uh, down to the little tienda, you know, and I yeah. You can't say you love these things when they're part of a, a kitschy bar or neighborhood and in the same breath tell somebody that they don't belong here, you know, like it's just yeah. so fucked. Like I, I, I and it, it's just neat, like I said, you know, like I look on and I see a lot of engagement from the younger people, you know, and I wish that there wasn't a two party political system that has failed them to this point, you know, because if there was a viable third option, they would definitely, I know we're not in beer anymore, you know, but yeah, I think if everybody's <laughs> going to get it done, you know.
1: I mean, this is called beyond the pale ale, dude. So it's fine. Yeah, we're, we're going no, beyond no, this, this, as as this. is the whole point of these conversations. <laughs> I,
2: well, I, I think we were, we always thought, you know, this millennial generation that thought that we were the ones that were different. We were going to, you know, make something happen. I think there's a lot of us that got complacent, you know, when Obama got elected and kind of, all right, we did it, you know, and then you kind of just saw everything kind of surge right back to where it is. But it's just nice to see these younger kids take the mantle, you know, and they're really doing something with it, you know. Granted, they set a couple of things on fire,
0: but.
1: I don't know. I'm I'm happy. It's it, it's interesting to have it happening in our, you know, collective generation, too. I mean, I'm yeah. in my mid-30s. You guys seem to be kind of in that same. Same age, yeah. Same age. Don't, don't mind all
2: this right here. I know, it don't worry. This all happened this year. I, I was not here. Dude,
1: this last year. I'm, I'm in a sales <laughs> game, man. So you don't have to tell me about gray hair. Is, I mean, I know that, what's going on.
0: That, this of people here. coming in on a Friday, going, <laughs> "When's this yeah. beer coming on tap?" It's like I don't know. <laughs> no, I got gray hair. hair Think <laughs> about it.
2: at it. It's funny because when you, they show those pictures of like Obama when he got in office and after, like that's us. We're just. You know the all the gray hairs are here now. I Feel like that's
1: like every president. It's like even George H.W. or you know, George W. Bush. It's like he was fine. Oh he yeah, was gray. It's like yeah. he sees some shit. Everybody has seen some shit in the yeah. past twenty years. To me, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> when I peeping in the Instagram and stuff like that, the super super troopa brothers. Now, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm an NES kid, of course. You know, I grew up in the '80s. We all did, like. That, that was one thing i was like oh man I mean did you guys get any sort of like cease assist desist on that from from nintendo or anything like that or yeah, plus, I don't know. you guys are small potatoes so they don't
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> by the time by the time the cans have we, left the uh left the uh, building it's they've they probably never heard of it so yeah we we got a nice word of advice
2: from someone who's bigger in the industry that we are not going to name basically saying <laughs> by the time the cease assist letter arrives you're going to be through that beer and on to the next. so Exactly. The only the 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 only time you gotta worry about it is if it's something that really bangs out and it's something you wanna put into production because then you're probably gonna have to change the name. So Yeah.
1: That was the thing with when uh Hidden Springs did like you know their Brondo stuff and everything like that. I'm like I mean, I follow whatever the okay, uh, what, what what are you sipping on now?
0: I don't know what that is. Oh, that this is a brewery
2: that, that, that you're gonna be hearing about very soon. This these Ooh. guys are, are batch. they're out of Austin. They're some of our really good friends. We're doing a collab Ooh. with them soon. The uh, the brewer was incubated at just Jester King, uh, and okay, so well. he he was given his blessing from Jeffrey to move on and do more of the uh, the hype stuff, as you would say, the hazies and all mm-hmm. that fun stuff. You know, because Jester King has a pretty established model, but this guy is doing okay. Yeah, killing it. <laughs> Batch
1: out of Austin, huh?
2: They are killing it. Oh yes, yeah, absolutely. Was and they easy? do kolaches. Look at that color! Oh. Look at that color! Oh my god, that is haze right there. Oh, do it would haze so the he, right way, man. Oh, so that's what I'm saying. That you're overdue to come to Because right now, you know, I've I, been to I, Texas I, in a minute. So, <laughs> I, I, I would venture to say we can probably we can probably gather up probably ten of our favorite hazes in Texas right now, and put them. Right. You know, grab put them next to whatever you would you would buy as whatever would be top haze, and you would probably be hard pressed to tell the difference between the two. Like Texas has really just really tried to show out as much as they can trying to, you know, showcase haze.
1: You guys are going Go nuts. <laughs> you guys are flexing. You guys are flexing too big on this, on this podcast right now. because <laughs> <laughs> we, ne- we
2: never actually get to drink beer. So people give it to us and when we get to sit down. We have all these fucking whales in the fridge. People, yes. like
0: We have people that come in the tasting room that used to be like, they're like, Hey, here's this beer. And I'm just kind of like, yeah yeah thanks we for a while
1: <laughs> and it's like hey i'll get i'll get to it when i get to it it's like you forgot yeah. i work at a brewery and i work yeah. and i work with all
2: these other guys oh. that just give me yeah. that the wrong thing. It's like, thank you
0: but it's just like bro i did this. <laughs> it's like
2: five. <product>. no <laughs> you, you get there at 6 a.m get get a, get a brew in open the taproom at noon it's 100 degrees outside and you're slamming 10 11 percent you know high gravity stouts till about 10 p.m the yeah. last thing you want is whatever beer people hand you. You're just like, oh, fuck. Like, I appreciate
1: the effort. I mean, thank you for yeah. you know doing that thing for me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I'll get to it at some point. My blood type was pa- pastry stout for the first three months. <laughs> you had that, uh, that blood type PS going on? Oh,
0: God, yeah. It's always, it's always good, but, like, they'll come and, like, show me the bottle and do all this stuff. And I was like, don't get <laughs> me wrong. It's, like, I love visiting breweries and all that stuff. But there's, like yeah. – but defining the final line between like brewer and like beer, like date. I was like I am like the aunt that brings the present at Christmas. I wanna see like everybody open it and get excited. It's like I don't wanna drink the beer. It's like it's good. You're the it's, cool like, uncle Nicole that
1: shows up and it's like yeah. you just drop something on. It's like, Okay, those are your kids, Pete's I gotta go to was, like, like, like my life of not having a kid. I just want
0: I just want you to open it. Smile and be excited, and like, mm, I'll say goodbye.
1: you, know, you, you come around every quarter, every <laughs> holiday, where it's like, oh, they're here, yay! They're gonna bring me something good. It's like, yeah, that's kind of yeah.
0: what I do. That's what that's the benefit yeah. of being a good answer, good so, uncle or something like that. Yeah, somebody somebody really like took it to heart. They got offended. They're like, what? I was like, you brew beer. You need to be drinking beer and all this other stuff. I was just kind of like, no, like I'm good. It's like, so, I brew it. Yeah,
1: I feel like the last oh. thing you want to do when you're brewing beer is drinking. Your own
0: beer, or just nah, drinking that, beer? That doesn't that doesn't work at all. all right, yeah, yeah, we got a rule. Once it's in the tank, then,
2: <laughs> no, then the, we drink the,
0: because you the, tend to miss some steps when you do that. Oh, uh, we
2: we miss so like we miss so much beer, and then there's no shittier feeling than sitting there with a glass of your own beer, and then like it the keg kicks and it's sold out and. Someone's trying to order it, and you're sitting there like a dickhead, just holding on to it. Like, there's that. There's so many that
0: we, so we
1: release. Is <laughs> that, so that one guy? It's like, well, you have it. It's like the word. Yeah, well, sorry.
0: Can I tell the? Weather we did. Can I tell the Weathered Souls anniversary story before we open? That was a good Let's one.
1: I, I want to hear it then. Oh, that was a good one. You got you guys. Know. You yeah. guys so, are giving the, uh, the, the stories behind. So the, we uh, did, behind
0: the scenes. So we did a, VH we did a double the go.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> one, This one, this one's exclusive. I haven't, I haven't, we haven't released this in public. So, so oh, we, this is super exclusive. exclusive then. Oh, it's well, a, you, you guys gotta let awesome. me know
1: if this is something I want to put
0: on the thing or not. Then Are we on or, are we on or off the record? It, now? Oh, at this we're point? on the record. No, we're, we're on. Right. It's Cool. We're on. Perfect. All right. It's fun for Because it it ties into that whole drinking while you're brewing thing. So (laughs) we decided to do, like, a double brew the day of what it sold. Marcus has, you know, been a brother to me and been brother to us since we, before we opened. So the anniversary was that day. So the decision was like, oh, we'll brew in the morning. We'll get the first batch out of the way. And then we'll go to the anniversary party for, like, an hour and then come back. Yeah. So five hours five hours later you know because you know marcus hands us a bunch of you know different things that he doesn't have on tap and you know we're just sitting there drinking having a good time we're sitting there just chilling and then we're just looking at our watch like five hours he's like okay we'll go back to the, we'll go back we'll brew that batch so i think it was like it's like five six in the morning like everybody everybody that we had there my sister brewer josh me we're all in launch, launch furniture, just all passed out during transfer. And I just wake up because this, the pump is going because the transfer is already complete. And like you just hear, Aah! like
1: really, 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 really How many more beer out. to put in this bright tank? stuff. Yeah. It's like, <laughs>
0: please, somebody wake up. Yeah. So needless to say, that batch got dumped. But yeah, <laughs> that's some love. Did you know how long it was on that transfer that was just
1: going? Eh. It was just well, like, okay, it's a, enough to know like with, I dumped this.
0: Yeah, we started at four o'clock in the morning. I woke up at like six, but everyone was just like, passed out like in a circle right around the fermenter, just kind of like yeah. So it was not. So Marcus we is, we, is we, just
1: to blame on this one. So we're, we're gonna have to. Oh yeah. Six, yeah. It okay. <laughs> yeah, it was all
2: Marcus's
0: fault. Yeah, that was all Marcus's no. fault. <laughs>
2: No, nope. for the first six months that we opened, like we literally were brewing from behind. And, you know, like I said, my brother and I would run the tap room, you know, on the weekends every night after, you know, after being there for the day. And I just remember there were just some nights where we just we're were sitting there and close up the tap room. We're just like kind of do the mental math, you know, kind of how much sleep we're going to get, what time we need to be there the next day. And, mm-hmm. Man, there were just so many of those times where we just kind of looked at each other, don't even say anything, and just went and grabbed the little blankets and just put them on the picnic tables and just went to sleep there for, you know, you know, just like, all right, you'll, you get up, you'll mash in. I'll get up. I'll, you know, I'll sparge, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And we just kind of <laughs> just did it that way. Cause it's just easier to do it. You know I mean? It's, it, it's, uh, all the stories you hear about year one in a brewery are absolutely fucking true. Yep. Mm-hmm. Did your dad
1: ever come out and help you with, with, was <laughs> or mash out or anything like that or transfer? No,
2: that dad, that dad, dad's one of those, <laughs> he, he, we, we he's call got the Super ball.
0: The He's got the supervisor he, move, where you just put your hands yeah. in your pocket while you're it's watching like, somebody, and then you just tell them, "Yeah, I wouldn't do that." Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like thanks, Dad. Yeah. You've been telling me that, yeah. telling me that no, my whole so, life. So, so, <laughs> they, So you it, put it, your hands it, around your waist and be like, "What do you got going on over there?" <laughs> uh. so
2: in, yeah. Inside the brewery, our nickname for him is Golden Scissors, because he's like those rich Jews that show up at the end of the project with the golden scissors, and they just cut it, and it's like did it you know know,
1: he's here for the the photo op he's not there for the yeah yeah he
2: he has all the good (laughs) stories about my grandpa and he can tell all this you know the stories about the imagery so then in the tap room they lovingly call him the mayor so he's the Mm -hmm. mayor in the tap room but we call him golden scissors in the brewery on the brew floor I like, oh, we gold, love that guy. I like golden
1: scissors. It sounds almost like yeah. dirty in a lot of ways, but it, I know it's not the story. <laughs> so it's fine. It's like, yeah, it's like I oh, was, golden scissors. Like, oh, there's more of a story. It's like, nah, he's just the guy who cuts the, the red ribbon. I,
0: used, the red. That, I <laughs> used to call my, I used to call my, uh, my boss in the oil field, the gold, golden shovel. He's like, why do you call me that? And he's like, well, oh, you know, you come at the beginning of the project, you know, you get your golden shovel, your hard hat, you dig, throw the dirt, you do your photo op, and then you say goodbye. And then the real people gotta come to work.
1: Yeah, I'm here to collect my million-dollar salary yeah. up in my tent, Sorry. But I, no. I, but I got in the dirt real quick for you. I mean, it's like I'm asking for a whole lot, but I got dirty for a minute for you. So, did you see that whole ledger dug right there? That's <laughs> yeah, I did that. I did that <laughs> one dig. That's gonna be that's gonna be a building
2: one day. Not for a while, but it's gonna be building at some point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I do golden scissors to Dave all the time, like. Whenever the news shows up, I just kick Dave out of the room and I'll just I'll help my brother and I'll do I'll do all the assistant brewer stuff. So then you become and then Dave like can jump in and do all the hard stuff. So, so your golden scissors <laughs> by
1: de facto on occasion depends on, on the scenario. I, I get called
2: golden scissors a lot. But you know what? But it it it's it's for a valid purpose though. At the end of the day, if my brother and I didn't split up and do different things, we wouldn't get anything we wouldn't get anything done. So kinda have to. As as much as I hate being you know, separate from the brewing sometimes, like it just, it's necessary.
1: Well, it's like, the the, I guess the front of house and back of house is always kind of like that delicate process between, you know, uh, as a collective, you guys run the business, but, you know, Joaquin's in the back doing the brewing and you're kind of like, I don't want to say the face of the company, but in a lot of ways you're the guy who's talking about it a lot more
2: then yeah unless it's, it's, i'm incorrect it's, about people,
1: that i mean maybe i'm assuming
2: on it no so. no no no, no. I, I, I think you're right like it's a very bookended process so every beer starts and begins with us mm-hmm. you know we talk about it we discuss it we start them off together you know he does the actual brewing and they get finished with us we reconvene at the end and we make sure it tastes what we want you know we start talking about you know the secondary functions of brewing you know and doing any additions or finishing the beer you know that's something that we do together so it's we we've learned the process that's necessary. At the end of the day, you know, if you know, if when the cards align, first thing we're doing is hiring a social media person and a <laughs> and a marketing person and a design person and you know, it'll just be him and I. We we say double dragon, we'll be back to back. Oh yeah, um, this, you know, but
0: this <laughs> this this side of a bitch is being modest because I mean <laughs> we wouldn't probably be anywhere if like it wasn't for the artwork, the the marketing, the social media shit, because I have no fucking idea how to do it. It was just like, I I tried to do it when he was he was still doing his job, and it was just kind of like, eh. I look at the content from like my Facebook memories, and I'm just like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> and then like you see what he does, and it's just like, holy shit, we get compliments all the time, like. Everyone's just like, who does your marketing? Who does your marketing? Just like,
1: yeah, obviously practice. not
0: me. <laughs> <You> know, <so. laughs> look back at my memory. Like, like,
1: so you're all I'm gonna first.
0: do is put like hashtag craft beer, and this works, right? Like post a beer, and then like,
1: oh, yeah, this hashtag is still it. it's still like you know viable
0: hashtag, <laughs> hashtag craft
1: beer. It's like, yeah, back in like oh six oh eight, it was fine. It's like you uh, I mean a little bit more on that. <laughs>
0: And and it did no, I mean, I, like I said, everything kind of like comes with this as this as, as advertised thing. So like the beer matches like the label, the the marketing, the the push of it. You know what I mean? So it just like I said, the, I don't think the beer would be getting out there as much as it does with like without the label, without out that social media kind of like you know presence that we have. You know, because I mean, you can you can put that beer in a can and just like have like a shitty label and have shitty social media and it's just yeah. it probably won't do anything you know except for get word of mouth but i mean it helps having that you know have have those added layers to kind of make it kind of like come full circle
1: yeah but that's the
0: whole thing it's like i've always told people because working in the
1: industry it's like look i don't care how good your beer is in the can or bottle if if it doesn't look alluring if it doesn't which is <clears throat> It's kind of unfortunate in a lot of ways because you go back to like, you know, old breweries, or I don't say old breweries, but classic breweries, if you go to, back to like, you know, a Hofbrau or you go back to a Velton's or like a Reisdorf Kolsch or something like that, you know, the beer nice. is, you know, internally great. However, to the outside source, unless you know about it or you, you're looking for something that's classic, people, they aren't going to give a shit about it, which is unfortunate in a lot of ways. Yeah. So a lot of beer, a lot of good beers get, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's a catch-22. A lot of good beers get kind of left by the wayside, or other, you know, bad beers that have the marketing are fucking on fire though too. At the same time, right? you know, it's like, you know, it's a lot of things like that.
2: Well, I think at the end of the day, you know, like there's one of the things that you know we did a long time ago. You know, is just there's an understanding that you check the ego at the door. You know, at the end of the day, my brother and I, like, it doesn't matter who did what. You know, we're not sitting there counting it at the end of the day saying you did this, I did this, you know, I always do this, you know, like it's one mission, one goal. And at the end of the day, like we count it as a blessing to understand that under one roof right now, we can, we can successfully do marketing, we can do branding, we can do social media, we can do beer, we can do tap room, we can do atmosphere, we can, you know, do all these things because we always say, you know, when, whenever we get our, our, our Corona check, we're, everybody else is fucked, you know, like.
1: That's a whole thing, Because you guys have been surviving during the Corona thing. It's like, oh, oops. Corona
2: beer. <laughs>
0: yeah. Check that's the other no, one. We,
2: we, we met Corona beer.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: I was I, about to say. Yeah, I thought you were yeah. kind of like, oh, man, you no, met the Corona no, check the, too. Yeah, my dudes. The, <laughs> so
2: the, there's a brewery <laughs> here in Texas that kind of, kind of, they made their name off you know off Mexican imagery, not really like a, a Mexican style beer or anything like that. Yeah. And they sold to Corona, um, yeah. and so it's kind of like our inside joke, you know, like. Oh, well, if Corona bought one, then Dos Equis, Modelo, and, you know, and Tecate are going to buy one, so oh, pretty yeah. sure we we're going to get that Corona money they're going to buy. So, so right now, I mean, I, Mexico City, craft beer is booming down there, Oh yeah. but it's like it's like 10 years ago down there. So, like, if you go down there know what's going on now, you can literally act like you have a crystal ball and just, it's like, like, really drive it's cool. like Texas we, beer, we had a release Texas. down there that sold out in two yeah. minutes.
1: Well, it's like how we are with like Japan. It's like Japan is like you know a decade, to, a decade and a half ahead of North American technology. It's like everywhere else is kind of, you know, behind ten years, maybe behind American craft beer. You know, if it wasn't for people like you know Ken Grossman or you know other people that led the way on on the West Coast and everywhere else, you know, where would we be yeah. at this point? Who who really knows? But, yeah, no,
2: it's, it's crazy. <sighs> you know, so like sure, that, and so that's we like, you know, IPA. Of our strategy
1: is more yeah. about, <laughs> I want all the ads malted kind of by my IPA.
2: More of really our strategy has been more about like inclusion and kind of just building a new craft beer audience because we kind of see that, you know, like we're aspiring to grow south. We're aspiring to kind of connect. And you know, what if we could be the corona of Mexico, you know, versus trying to saturate the other 50, you know, 49 states. Yeah. You know, I mean, you go down there, we we did a collab beer down there in March you know 10 barrels sold out in two minutes you know because there's a there's a vacuum you know for the kind of beer that we're doing Mm -hmm. you know and it's it's crazy to us that you know we've got a name down in mexico you know just off doing just like fun mexican heritage beers
1: and i guess the thing with that too it's like mexican heritage beers i mean you don't have to have fancy ingredients to tell a story and tell some sort of backing behind it too because i mean as as a basic thing i mean mexican style lagers are pretty they're, they're basic they're i mean I, I don't want to sell that short or anything like that but i mean it's just like i don't know german style pilsners or german style lagers it's
2: you know four or five ingredients well, it's
1: purity Most.
2: <laughs> well a lot of you don't like yeah. it's like i was saying earlier about the german settlements you know in south texas and mexico most mexican like beach beers are basically german beers yeah you know and so you don't get a lot of you know there, there's not a lot of movement right now you know and to us, you know, it's kind of a slight slap in the face that, you know, to this point, Mexican beer has been marketed as beach beer, you know, playing volleyball, mm. eating tacos, squeezing lime in it. You know, it's like there are more vibrant fruits, spices, and candies out there that we could be putting in them, and so that's why we say, you know, it's Mexican heritage beer because every beer that we put out has some sort of connection to our story, has some cor- sort of connection to what it is that we're doing, you know, the way we grew up. Like we literally can tie. A direct line. I can tell you a story about a relative, um, or you know, just one of us. You know, that connects to that, and that usually comes through. You know, in the labeling and the marketing, and so that's why it's Mexican heritage to us. You know, I mean, and it, it's neat to be able to teach that to people.
0: I think it's cool because it's like a reference of education. Because I mean, it, it helps explain our culture and like on a broad spectrum. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Somebody that might have like not understood, you know, a Godcito. You know, now they understand like that pastry because it's put in the stout, you know. Yeah. So there's a way to kind of tie in our heritage and, and do all those things through beer, you know. So, like I said, it's almost like bridging the gap, you know, and introducing people to like another like layer of our culture that they probably haven't been introduced because, you know, the the way they, they might, might have seen it, just like, oh, you know, it's just this way. But it put in a beer, it's like, oh, shit, you know. Yeah.
1: Well, especially. It's, it's a
0: whole different way to experience it
1: where it's like the the adjunct element of beer has become so prevalent now where it's like, okay, well, here you go. Here's our, yeah. here's the adjunct part of our, I don't say the adjunct part of our culture, but in yeah. some ways it kind of is, you know? Well,
0: yeah. I think for us, I mean, it's, it's culture. And then also just kind of the, kind of just like separating us from everyone else. Cause I mean, at some point, you know, you can, you can be in a, in a, in a beer, like a craft beer city or just be in the city in general, and you have like eight, eight breweries in the two mile radius that are mm. pumping out the same blonde, the same IPA. It's like, yeah. what are you trying to do to separate yourself? You know, what I mean, we have the Hispanic part, but it's just having the other layer of just throwing the adjuncts in that kind of gives like this fresh fit on it that people are interested in. You know, what I mean, and then having a tasting room where it has like the vibrant kind of feel. You know, to I me, mean? when I travel and like me and my wife travel, it's like we're always trying to get into what locals are doing because yeah. that's like where I want to be, because to yeah. me, it's all about evoking a memory, you know? So if we can be that brewery that, Hey, somebody came in from San Antonio and yeah, you know, yeah, they, they went around to other breweries, but they went to ours. And it was just like completely a 180 from what craft beer is, you know, they're always going to have that memory of just being in San Antonio and being at our tasting room, you know, cause, we offer something completely different from what everyone else is offering. It's like not to knock when anybody's doing stylistically, it's just, yeah. you know, how many times can you just recreate, you know, the, the typical blonde or stuff like that, where people are just kind of like, Oh, you know, it's, you know, it's good, you know, which there might not be anything wrong with it, but it doesn't, to me, it's just like having that wow factor, you know, and just being exciting about it. It's like, well, let's fuck it. We'll just throw like peaches or whatever into this. Yeah. Blonde. We'll throw Tamarind and, and cantaloupe in there, make it something different to where they can experience the flavor, but also get, you know, the style as well. So it's just kind of like, it's, it's a meshing of, of the two, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, the tapro the taproom experience has become just as important as the beer, because to, to your point, yeah. it's the, the memory of you going there. It's, you know, it's just here locally here in Nashville, it's, you know, um, like Black Abbey Brewing, for instance, I mean, they have a great tap room. It's it's in it's like an industrial area, but they also are a place where if you really they're they're in our, they are like an an ordained chapel. So if you want to get married there, you can literally get married at this tap room. You know, so, you know it's yeah. like a fellowship hall in a lot of ways. So I mean, just building something that's, you know, definitely local, you know, some, something that locals enjoy, but it's also something that if you're out of town, you're going to go, you're, you're going to go to, you're going, going to yeah. enjoy it. And to to set yourself apart from just to your point, you know, just, Oh, it's another blonde deal, It's another, this like, okay, well everybody can make that in varying, you know, respects of, you know, how good it is, you know? Uh, but what else are you doing for the experience? And I feel like now we are in experience culture as we get younger, everyone's like, oh, I want the, experience. Yeah. I want this like good. Yeah. Make this the experience. Make this, make this something yeah. I'm going to remember you for. At the end of the day, I'm going to tell my friends about, it and I will buy yeah. your 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 expensive hazy IPA and bring it and, and put it back in my suitcase so I can travel back home with it and tell everybody. About <laughs> this. I've done that right? this many goddamn times. And <laughs> no, <yeah>. I think
2: <laughs> it was yeah. when 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 we when we uh, first you know opened you know before we you know before you opened the doors and. We're in those first batches of beer, and we're kind of just trying to figure out, like, is this gonna work? You know, kind of more building on what my brother said. You know, what I mean, just like he said, there's on everybody's brewing the same batch of beer. You know, there was only so many chubby bearded beer nerds we can all fight over yeah. and worry about what they say. You know, I mean, like, what, what is the Company go excluded, of course, right? <laughs> yeah, obviously, right. obviously, you know, but like what. What if we found a way to kind of just be like the island of misfit toys for the people on the fringe, you know, like not your typicals, you know, not your people that have been in for 10 years and, you know, want to tell you the story of the IPA every time you crack one open, you know, yeah. and isn't going to tell you, you know, try to be condescending about crap beer. Like, what if we can gather everybody else in or take a whole subsect of the market and introduce them? And so that's kind of just yeah. been our you know, our, our mission since we started is, you know, like we don't, we don't brew beer for everybody. I mean, it's for everybody, but mm-hmm. you know, it's not going to be for everybody. But well, We're okay with that.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: We're, 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 we're okay with that. You know what I mean? You know, we, we, we don't think we're better than anybody, but we understand what we do. And so when people come into town, cause first thing people do when they come into town is they check on tap. Yeah. We're, 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 we're the number one brewery in town and we're the closest to the airport. So it's a recipe for those people. Good situation right there. Yeah. Yeah. So the first thing they do is they check untapped, and they come straight to us and, Oh yeah, I had to come check you out. But they don't, they don't do any research, you know? So then they come and they see what are doing. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, well, you guys, you guys got like a half or do you guys got a, you know, dry hot Pilsner or something like that? And I'm like, dude, did you not look at anything? They Yeah. You know, which, which, which is, which is part of the reason why I do the bartending during the daytime because I get to handle all those people. Yeah. You know? But, you know, we I, I think we found a really good way of, of kind of explaining to them what it is that we do, you know, and we're okay with our place in San Antonio because, you know what, there's five other breweries in town that do what you want, you know. Yeah. These are them. Go enjoy them. They're great mm-hmm. places. They're good people, you know, but we just do something just a little bit different. So I'm thankful we're having you in here. Hope you enjoyed it, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just one of those things where it's just kind of an education wow. piece. It's a give and take, and the other day, we just got to understand that we're not for everybody either. You know, we used to we would stay up at night when we first opened, you know, just looking at reviews and, Oh, this person said it was this, or it wasn't this, or why did they do this? You know, mm-hmm. but at some point we just got to be comfortable in our own skin, yeah. you know? And, you know, we, we've got great, great clientele. We call them our familia. You know, they come in week in and week out. They support us. You know, that's who we're really for. You know, they'll tell a friend and they'll tell two friends and they'll do two friends and so on and so on.
0: And, you know, it, it, it's, it's cool to hear it's like two
2: Wayne's
1: world things, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> they're two friends and are two. Thank yeah. you, yeah. thank you for, thank you for finally including a uh, Wayne's World reference on this podcast. I don't think anybody has. That's that. our We did the, the, we did the
0: Delaware one. Oh, yeah, oh that, yeah. that was off
1: the air though. That was before oh. the show started. But you know, that might have to go. I might have to find a way to fit that in there because oh, it's that damn good. So
2: right.
1: <laughs> I, I appreciate I, your
0: goods though. So <laughs> Yeah. I think it's cool because we'll, we'll get like uh we'll get customers that come in or, or regulars that come in and be like and they're younger, they're they're our age and then they'll come in with their parents and be like, I I don't know why, but I, I brought my parents here. And it's just the experience with the music and everything else that yeah. they're just like they're there and it's it's more of engaging. Like if you ever walk in it's like literally like just a straight shoot garage, like literally like twenty feet wide. It just looks like an alleyway and it's just tables there's no cornhole or any of that other like gimmicky brewery, brewery stuff it's just literally sit down and everyone's just engaging which is amazing because no one's on their phones. nobody's doing like the majority of people don't do it on top they literally are just sitting there just having conversations they're like table to table to table just like literally talking to each other it's just it's it's an amazing thing to see just because like I said, it's just all of this kind of brought everybody together, but it's just, it's weird to see too, because you see like how other brewers are when you travel to other brewers and you're just like, huh. you know, it's, it's, it's a different, like, I don't know. It's, it's like weird world, like for craft beer. Cause like I said, I think we get the moniker of just like having this like product where like it makes it more accessible to people because I've been to craft beer brewers where it's like a little more intimidating when you like, you try to order like somebody like, the tap person's just kind of like, oh, you never heard of that style? Like, yeah. Oh. You know, it's like, you know, there's like that intimidation factor because you just don't, you don't want to sound stupid when you order or like ask for things. So it's just like there's that, there's that little like thing, that intimidation factor that I guess we just don't have. We're just going of like come as you are. Like you have a question about things, you know, we'll, we'll explain it to the fullest, you know, kind of thing. So I think it makes people feel kind of more comfortable and inviting to the, to the spot, you know.
1: Yeah, I've seen that a few times. I, I've been the witness to that, where I've been sitting at a table, and somebody who may or may not know, who's maybe never been in a tap room, never been to a you know, a, a brewery that serves the beer right there directly, and seen them walk in, look at a menu, they don't know stylistically what they're ordering, and yeah. look up, and maybe the bartender just isn't a, I don't know, an outwardly, I don't know, warm person who's like, hey, how you guys doing? He's just kind of standing there like... Well, yeah, like, you come to me and tell me what you want. And I've seen yeah. them in, look at the menu and walk out. And I'm like, God damn. And that's kind of a, it's a missed opportunity. But it's yeah. still, uh, it's, it's, and again, that comes back to the whole, like how ingratiating do you want to be to the public coming into your brewery? I mean, you want to leave a lasting impression. I mean, you want to make... I mean, who knows? This is the first brewery they ever went to. Make, make, it, make it fucking it's special I mean, honestly, for it us. Is. Somebody for wants us, it
0: is. Yeah. So so for us... So we've all, we well, the, used, the funny thing is, like, we've all started from somewhere. Shit. We, yeah. I, we, we used to drink $2 no, I mean, fucking Newcastle at The Shiner pack was expensive. Yeah. You know, so... <laughs> No, for
1: hey, for Newcastle, it's for still us, not like, that bad, man. I haven't had a Newcastle in a minute, but that was like drinking toffee sometimes. It's owned so, by InBev now. So. Yeah, ah, you
0: yeah,
2: know, so,
1: everybody's so, going to be so, owned at some point.
2: <laughs> so like I was saying earlier, you know, we got a brewery atmosphere, you know, where you come to the room and 60, 40, you know, girls to guys. And part of that reason is guys, because here's your all important thing. When when you've got your hall pass, you can go out with your buddies, you know, like you want to be able to stay longer you know, and, or when you're, you're out with, you know, your girl, you know, like maybe you want to do some things that you want to do. Mm -hmm. And so we've created that atmosphere and have that place that they are comfortable drinking at as well. Or if they know that their dudes are there, they're like, all right, stay there. You know, like we, we, we get people that come in, they try the flight and then they end up with two or three rounds later Mm -hmm. of, you know, of, of of a beer that they found that they like because we're tapping more into the flavor and the experience than sitting there trying to be pretentious. And that's why I said, you know, when it comes to the tap room, you know, we pick people that like beer, but we're, have never been beer pender, beer tenders before, you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, you know, like, we're not looking for people that are trying to be right or are trying to be the smartest person in the room. Like, we're we're, we're trying to invite people into our home. Man. You're it's ambassadors you know? for the brand. Yeah. yeah. You're ambassadors yeah, for I mean, what
1: you want. So.
2: Yeah. Cool. Man, all we're, all we're, those- we're always... We always think about the, yeah. the comic book guy from The Simpsons. Like, we just don't want that guy. At don't the be party. that guy.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> New, 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 you, New.
2: New Yeah. <laughs> don't,
1: be, don't be the comic book guy in the, in the craft beer. Industry. That is
0: New
2: England <laughs> style. And we've all run into them. We've all run into Even as much as about beer as we know now, we still run into that person that wants to be that guy, yeah. you know? And it's just like, why? And it's almost, it's just like, yeah.
1: In every bar, in every and line, then, share in every bottle share there's that guy's like look this is the most rare of the rare it's like all right thanks yeah it's like, cool cool <laughs> well i'm gonna
0: give i'm gonna give this part to my bar staff now yeah
1: <laughs> it's like anyways sorry dude i gotta go yeah, somewhere else yeah. that's not in front of you
0: yeah right <laughs> so. well i mean it it kind of discourages people that are trying to get into it to like even want to go to another brewery at that point you know
1: yeah so. i feel like it was
0: worse before i mean
1: i've been <sighs> it's getting better now it has gotten better. There's still those few people that are still out there that just are like, well, I have the rarest where because I'd be collecting and searching for the whales my whole life. And I have this like, okay, man, that's cool. But I'm just going to crush this like German Kolsch. That's really good. Yeah. And uh, yeah, thanks for your input into the community because you're really meaning a lot to us right now. Yeah.
0: Bye. It's, <laughs> it's funny because people that read those guidelines, like it's like brewers and, Crap! Beer is subjective, and, and it's like it's an open forum. Like as far as like how you manipulate the recipe, like you don't have to be by the book by it. Like I don't read a book when it's like, oh, I got to brew this beer and have the da 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 It's like you know, as long as stylistically it kind of meets the parameters and you know whatever. Yeah. You know, I really don't care. You know, as long as the beer is solid in general. You know, I just, I
1: mean, I, I, I want to spend my money. I want to patronize your establishment. I want to drink good beer. I want to drink good. I want to drink good beer with people that I respect and appreciate as well. Too, and if it doesn't come down to that, then the whole thing falls apart. And yeah, building that community is it's taken a long time because I mean, craft beer is still relative. I mean, in in the, in the scheme of beer, craft beer is what thirty five years, maybe forty years in its existence. When you think about yeah you know, the German purity laws that have been around since the 1600s and things like that. So we're, we're like a blip on the radar of what beer can and can be and building a community and building something out of it that's memorable, I think is.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, it, was, it was funny. Last, Literally. so I'm going to hang this over my, I'm going to hang this over my brother's head till the day that we die.
0: But oh boy. When, <laughs> when, so, so when, I don't so know where we are going, when but all right. So,
2: yeah, so when, when we were talking about the brewery, you know, before opening it and long-term plans and structuring it, I said that my end game or what I wanted to do was make some, make some connections and get to the point to where, you know, we explore doing some sort of tequila and tequila spritzer. Okay. I said, oh. spritzer, uh, so, I, I said spritzers and seltzers are going to be the future of the industry. Like, I feel like it's going to be, you know, like where we need to be. And this was about two and a half years ago. fast forward to about a year ago boom here comes white claw and here it comes truly everybody
1: claw and everything yeah yeah high noon everything else coming out
2: five five billion dollar a year industry you know in one year boom you know so but you know uh, and obviously you know we jumped in and and after a few i told you so's you know we jumped in and and we started making our own seltzer in the tap room and it became its own thing as well yeah. You know, and it's one of those things where, like, you've got to read your people, your clientele and be very sure of your of branding, mm-hmm. you know, to be able to just kind of just pivot when when life is going to, same thing like COVID, life is going to hand you, you know, situations like you can either just adapt with it, run with it, build off it, or you can be that last person sitting there with their arms crossed, pissed off about it, you know, until all of a sudden everything is, you know, because when you think about it, you know, I mean, light beer, you know, like I always break it down to light beer. I always tell guys, you know, like you're mad, you're mad about what I do to a, a hazy or a stout, you know, but you'll drink light beer. Light beer is just diet coke of beer, you know. and yeah. That was that that didn't even come to prevalence to about the eighties. Yeah. You know, so you're Pretty talking much. about real beer, this and real beer, whatever. You know, there was a time when light beer was adventurous and light beer was, you know, the the, the scourge of the industry. So I don't <laughs> I don't really feel too bad.
1: As as you said, I mean, it's like you have to pivot so much with the. I mean, the, the, the typical consumer is so fickle at this point. I, I want to I wanna yeah. feel like they are <laughs> brain loyal. They are brain loyal to domestic beer. Uh, the typical other drinker now is not typical or it's not particular to a brewery
2: unless I, you're local I, 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 and you're doing I don't that. think that's a bad thing, though. Because I don't I, think it's I a think bad that. thing.
1: It's just an interesting concept now to deal with. Yeah
2: no be, be, because i i feel like so so, so i see the difference between us and domestics in the craft beer industry like i embrace and, and, and i i i say it because I'll, I'll bring it back in a context like weathered souls weathered souls is they're, they're in town you know like they're they're homies of ours we'll mm-hmm. always be thankful for them but we're the first two people that everybody puts in competition oh but yeah. well, they did this or they're doing this or why aren't they doing this you know at the end of the day you know like marcus and my brother you know and i we're like we're like McGuire and Sosa, you know. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, yes, we want to be, both be the best, but it's gonna get the best out of both of us. You know, we're gonna keep pushing, and it's gonna be, a, you know, in this way where, you know, hey, you win this one, man. That was fucking, a, that was a great hazy that you made. That was a great stout that you made. You know, and it's it's that that competition that drives us. And so, you know, when I think about that in craft beer where people, you know, jump around and they go to Baba and they go to you know Turning Point, Celestial, and Weather Souls, and these are all Texas breweries you haven't you haven't been to by the way. You know, uh, um, I haven't been. To, I've never been to yeah. San Antonio, man. So I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> that was and Dallas. There's a, okay. there's a lot you missed out on. Um, no, well. the, the point being, like, I embrace that. I, it, I love the arms race. I, I love the people that we know in the industry that we hold close to us that also embrace it because it means that everybody's just getting better beer, and I mm-hmm. want to be better. Like, I, I don't, I don't want brand loyalty. The last thing I want is for someone just buying everything I put out, regardless of how much I care about it. You know, versus us being able to hang our hat at the end of the day and say, like, man, we fucking killed that one, you know, and, and these people came to got it, you know, get it. So, like, I enjoy that part
0: of the industry because
2: the last thing I ever to be is complacent. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think too because I mean, you can have you know the growing population of breweries just basically will signify people to coming in and then when you got everybody that's on point like making you know solid beers Mm. i mean they're not just there for one brewery they're there for everyone else you know and the natural progression because everyone starts out even we started out you know it went from the tap of what you can get at that age you know it was literally just like four or five taps of just like whatever yeah and then then it turned into like going to your grocery store and getting that craft beer Mm. and then your natural progression was starting to to visit the breweries, you know, so that, I I think it's, it's starting to come in in little waves, and like San Antonio is starting to see it now where you're starting to see people getting interested in the brewery at the grocery store level and they're going to start branching out to, you know, the breweries, you know, at that point, you know, I said, you know, more breweries in house in town, you know, make it better because you can't just have one brewery stand by itself because not everyone's going to like what that one brewery is doing at that, you know, moment in time, you know, they may go to it they may visit visit it whatever they have on tap is like you know it's okay but then they get another brewery and then they're blown away by it you know it gives the opportunity for everyone else to kind of you know kind of flourish together you know and kind of be successful together and then like i said josh was saying it's just having that natural competition of just stepping up your game on different styles you know it's like you have two breweries in Tampa that are hitting on on a stout level and it's just like now it's starting to like branch out like whether Weathered Souls is hitting it on sours now. They're doing thick sours, and you're kind of branching out and doing that thing with hazies, you know, so it's starting to come, you know, full circle, and then other brewers are starting to hit with other certain things, so, you know, it's one thing to just have that, you know, solid, you know, brewing community where you have that, you know, ability to where you can, you know, bounce around, so I, I don't think it's more of like a loyalty thing nowadays. It's just more of just having that, you know, just being into craft beer and like being where you're at, you know, so.
1: Well, just becoming a hub, I think, of crap. I mean, you think of everybody goes to, you know, Denver, the outlying areas of Denver, where it's like, that's a hub, Asheville's a hub, Southern California is a hub, you know you know, you guys are becoming just kind of like Texas in general, you know, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, Austin, the outlying areas are becoming a hub. You know, New York and Brooklyn, I mean, they have their collective of, you know, between other half, interborough, you know, KCBC, all that stuff kind of in the general down, you know, in, in the New York, you know, metropolitan area, you know, South Florida, you know, think of just like the Wynwood area, you know, between, you know, you got Jay Wake, you got Wynwood, you got a whole bunch of other groups, you know, you got you know uh, Lincoln's Beard. You got a whole bunch of other places. Just in South Miami, this is just my South Miami coming out of me right now. That, you know, yeah. knowing knowing these breweries, but it's becoming yeah. you know a, it is also it's a collective neighborhood thing, but it's also a small business hub. You know, that's my view You know, now yeah. you're. Good though. <laughs> but it's like everybody's like, oh, Starbucks. You know, if you have a Starbucks here, you made it. It's like you know, in a lot of ways, if you got a small little craft brewery. You kind of made it. you know it's like they want to put money into that community and make that be a hub because usually it's food trucks gravitate or you have motherfuckers in the kitchen that can cook up some dope food that make it not only the beer place to be, but then I can also get some good, good food. And that's the whole thing yeah. about like even brew pubs for me, it's like yeah, the beer brew pubs uh, brew pubs are okay, but you know the food is always better. I don't know what it is about it, but it's like, oh, yeah, everything ha- kind of has this malty quality. Everything's overly malted pub beer. It's mm-hmm. like, but the food is so good. <laughs> but if you can hit it on both <laughs> ends and make it a communal thing, yeah, that's where you kind of made it, I feel, in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So. We got a, a Pine House pizza that's killing it over here in Austin with that. Uh, Pine House is literally,
2: I, I think they're on pace to, to to dip into BJ's pocket for sure. <laughs> Damn. Hmm. Yeah. St. Arnold still
1: uh, brewing for BJs and
2: stuff like that? No, no. uh, Oh, no. You're talking. Yeah. BJs is finally built their own production brewery. Oh, okay. Okay. Because I know for a while St. 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 Arnold's brewing. Yeah. yeah, And and that's kind of what's frustrating, too, when you talk about the national landscape. You know, as Texas craft beer laws, you know, they were ranked 48th in the union, you know, up until last year. Wow. You know, and so that really limited us from how to how we get our beer out there, because the, mm-hmm. we can't ship, we can't, we're not even allowed to sell past county lines. You know, on our own without getting a middleman involved,
0: and it's, so it's just it's, it's a weird people. place
2: to be. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, so BJ's coming into Texas was a big deal. They had to build their own brewery just to even you know have their signature brews. You know, so it's 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 so when you say stuff how you know Texas isn't a hub yet, a lot of that has to do why because we can't. I mean, we we. It, we had to i'll say it public i don't care we had to smuggle beer to to, to, we had to smuggle it to denver you know and to put it on tap for for last gabf you know like it was it wasn't the best way to do it but you know i mean like you've got to do what you got to do to put it on tap at these places you know and a lot of us do it just to get to these festivals you know like you know it's just kind of like one of those ask for forgiveness later because the state doesn't allow us to do you know, to get ourselves out there, you know, COVID has been great, because they've, they've, la- they made everything a little more lax on shipping yep. beer, so we've tried, you know, we put out that Taking Back Sunday beer a couple weeks ago, and it's just been going all over the country, like, you know, trying to get that stuff out, you know, <laughs> everywhere, and if it wasn't COVID when we did it, we wouldn't have been able to do it, so. That's the funny thing
1: about it, because, like, even just here, local, like, no, just neighborhood-wise, and, you know, Tennessee, it's like, you, you, know, you guys thought you were backwards. I mean, in Texas, like, we had the blue laws still going on in, in Tennessee until about a year or so ago, where it was like, no Sunday this, or no grocery store this. Or, it's like, man, I can't believe we're still st-. – I mean, th- these are just laws that people forgot to, like, get rid of back in, like, the 20s and 30s and stuff like that, that finally they're like, okay, well, let's fix this. And now everything is – up up until, I think, July 31st now for us, it's, you're still allowed to go beer and still do, do this – is that going to, you know, upend the laws and modify things? It will if the city, state, local municipalities have money to make money to be made in a lot of ways too. It's
2: like, can we make money off this? How much money can yeah, that's, we make off of COVID right now? That's all it comes. That's all it comes down to is the is you know who who stands to make what money and if they're okay with it, man. Like it's it's crazy. Co- COVID has yeah. shown us a glimpse into. You know, an, a complete alternate reality, and it to me it blows my mind. Like a lot of people, don't, it doesn't register to a lot of people. But man, we could all be living a completely alternative life right now, you know, based on on how think how flexible things have been for COVID. Yeah. You know, okay. you're talking about from from oh. get taking beer to go to working mm-hmm. from home, you know, from teaching your kids. Like, there's so many things that are just, you know, are so enlightening right now. We're in we're in strange times. I don't say strange times. We're we're very much
1: in interesting times right now. It's only been yeah. you we're know, we're living history.
0: Yeah, we are. It feels I mean. like it's it's April two hundred and twenty second right now.
1: <laughs> if only it was. It might be a better time if it if that was the reality. <laughs> uh, well, Dan, we've been talking for a long ass time, and that's not a bad well, thing. Well, we do. I mean, thank you guys so much for taking your time away from. The families and the dogs and the babies and this and that and everything else in between. But uh, He's got no babies. I got babies. I, I, uh, I, okay.
2: I, okay. <laughs> He's I got a fur been, baby. I, I got had a, a had one print, print deadline. I had to hit, so I wasn't being an asshole. I was just nah. So, I mean, dude, I, dude, I'm dude business. I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
0: Dude, dude business. Never that. sleeps. It's it's, it's, it's nice because like it's, and literally so, it's so, from like six a.m. to like seven thirty. It's just go 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 brew. Do all this other stuff for like six mm-hmm. days a week. So it's just it's it's nice to actually slow down and. And put everything in perspective for once and sit and talk and drink beer. I'm a lightweight Are we gonna start the podcast
2: yet? What are, what are we talking about? Oh shit. No,
1: that's that's next week, man. We gotta reschedule. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't record any of this. So we have to <laughs> redo this whole thing part, next week. Man. This is a yeah. rehearsal. This is the whatever. vetting process to make sure you guys are cut out for the real podcast. What? What? So that's kinda how whatever works.
2: <laughs> whatever script you thought you had <laughs> is just
0: out the window, huh? Oh,
1: there's no script man there's never a script <laughs> the script is whatever we always, you guys
0: want it to be <laughs> we always find it funny when people want to talk to us about this stuff it's like well, you want to be on a podcast i mean uh, I, I guess pro- i mean
1: i find it interesting <laughs> because this this was kind of a you know working in the industry and thinking about what everybody else is going through including myself it put a lot of things into perspective because you know i work with local businesses all day it's bars, restaurants, breweries, people who are either living paycheck to paycheck or have, you know, they have money and they can last. And, you know, I work on premise mostly. So it's seeing the same people week after week after week. And then I transitioned to the off premise. So I was working with, you know, gas stations, convenience stores, mom and pop shops. And seeing, cause even in Nashville, you know, we had the, the, the big tornado in March too, that took out a lot of business. And that affected yeah. me in a in a in a major way. It took out half my accounts in and where I was working. So it's been, you know, three three and a half months of just uncertainty about what's going on in the world or what's going on for, for my world. And, you know, everything now with you know social unrest, COVID, tornado fallout, put a lot of things into perspective and it's kind of transitioned the, you know, how, how I how I run this podcast. And I want to get an idea of what's going on in the world. I mean, I don't care about what what's going on with me. I want to know what's going on with people that are in the same struggle, doing the same thing and how business is going and how people are adapting to a, yeah. I don't know, a once, I mean, for us, maybe like a once in a lifetime historical period of time for business. So
2: yeah, um, I, mean, I, 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 think I think at the end of the day, you know, like I think you're seeing people understanding what the ultimate power is, which is their wallets. You know, I mean, you, we alluded to it earlier, you know, you're talking about a broke two-party system, you know, that right now is feeding us two candidates that don't represent anything that we any of us stand for, you know, that have to experience in our life, mm-hmm. you know, but we can speak with our wallets, you know, and so yeah. we're choosing to patronize companies that we want to support, that we want to see survive, you know, that have the same kind of values that we have and, you know, and and and, and display the, the 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 sort of care you know, that we're looking for right now. And so it's it's an interesting time for the economy, for the world, for for everybody, you know, and and whether you like it or not, I mean, that's kind of how the world is going. There's people that are upset, you know, saying, oh, I shouldn't be bullied into caring or I shouldn't, you know, but bullshit, man, like you live in this world too, man. Like, Mm -hmm. how hard is it to say that you just care? How hard is it for you to try? To give a shit, you know, like I, 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 try, I try to be more of a pacifist when it comes to something like this, and yeah, try to have conversations. But I heard someone said a, uh, someone said today, uh, two days ago, someone said that it's not our responsibility as minorities to educate you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's your, it's, it's their, it's their responsibility to seek out, you know, the education of the world as it evolves. You know, and that kind of just resonated because I mean, in some cases it's true, you know, at some point it is. you just got to be willingly, you know, be willing to adapt and change and grow or else, you know, then I don't feel bad for you if your business goes under, you know, I don't feel bad yeah. for you if, you know, people are calling you out.
1: Yeah. Well, the whole thing I heard, it's like to the, to that point, it's like, well, you know, the minor- the minority community didn't create you know, white supremacy or this or hate or anything like that. It's like, we didn't create that. That was something that was created in another time. So it's not our responsibility to, you know, we're getting deep on this shit now, but at the same time, it's like, it's not up to us to have to do this for you guys. You know, we've been, the the backbone of this country has been built on the blood, sweat, and tears of non, non non-white people. For so many years, for hundreds of years, and to now think like, Well, what am I supposed to do? It's like, I don't know, what do you think you're supposed to do? First of all, <laughs> fucking listen and then learn. Yeah. And not have to worry about other people telling you how you're supposed to feel because
0: yeah. fuck your feelings uh, in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm, welcome, I'm, Uh, I told Mark, I was talking to Marcus the other day, and it's just like, everybody, like, most of the people on my feet are like, I'm lost for words, and all this other stuff, it's like, right now, it's not time for words, time for compassion, education, understanding, and self-reflection, as far as, you know, putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, you know, and understanding their hurt, and then, you know, from that, you know, talk, you know, talk to somebody, you know, and really engage that way, instead of, you know, that knee-jerk reaction of how you naturally, you know, you know, might be angered from all of this, it's, you know, there shouldn't be any anger, it should be just understanding and learning that you need to stand with, you know, another person right now because they're hurting, you know? Yeah. So Have some empathy for once,
1: you know, like, yeah, put yourself yeah. in yeah. As much As much as it might be difficult, like I can never put myself in, in And the I shooting.
0: think I think that's where social media has just gotten a little bit more selfish. It's just like more of like an inward thing within an outward thing, you know? So... Understanding that people come from different backgrounds and you need to, you know, put yourself in that position because you never know when you you will be in that position. So, yeah, it's, oh,
2: strange times we are indeed. deep. My yeah. It is. So, <laughs> so, so, uh, so who, who would you say are like the most uh, innovative heavy hitters, you know, brew wise in, in Nashville? damn so you're southern flipping the script grist. on me now man you're flipping the script so
1: southern, now you're the interviewer you're not the it's, interviewee
0: it's going somewhere it's southern, going somewhere, southern, <laughs> going somewhere southern grist and bearded
1: iris bearded iris all respect do i mean they they kicked off the hazy trend down here in nashville so you know they're they're doing their thing but and then but southern grist was when i when i moved here a little over a little over four years ago now from uh, from Miami, they were the void that was filled that I lost from Jay Wakefield and uh, Funky Buddha in a lot of ways. They
0: were, and they're off the beaten path too. I remember yeah. going, I had to take like a 20 minute Uber just to get to them. You have to find I'm glad them. I did. Because yeah. Yeah. We, when we moved,
1: yeah. they, they were only, I think, four months old. So they were still new to the game. I mean, they were same with Bearded Iris when I first visited them as well. I mean, but Southern Grifts was like, yeah, yeah, we only opened like four months ago. And I think they, I think they were on mixed greens, maybe mixed greens six or something like that, or five or something like that. So they were still working on the IPA thing, but solid brown, solid sour, solid IPAs. Um, But that was the one that was like, I kind of feel like home here a little bit. Like it was something that was missing, and then I found it, I'm like, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable because, I mean, my wife's the same way. It's like, you know, we, we both like myself more than her, of course. But, you know, it, we, we share a lot of the same commonalities when it comes to fun beers and things like that. And, you know, it, it was good to have that. And some of the other local beers, so local, local bars and stuff like that. I mean, that was, like, awesome. Thank you We a yeah. little we'll, we'll taste of home or something so, like that. The only thing we haven't been able to find for, here in Nashville is Cuban food. There really isn't
0: human food here, which so. Hattie B's is dope, though. How much? Uh, 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 you got to go to no, dope. you got
1: to go to uh, Bolton's, my man. If you if you want the Bolton's, hot, okay. Bolton Bolton's okay. everybody says Prince's because Princess is old school. Mm-hmm. Hattie B oh okay, yeah, here's the here's the thing. Hattie, Hattie B's is like right to touristy guys. Hattie B's Bolton's is yeah. for the for the old school heads. I will say that Bolton's because you get the hot fish and you got the hot chicken. And hot fish is fucking dope
2: <laughs> so, so how, uh, how how good does uh simplistic reviews and mr matt have it with uh with both those breweries
1: i mean i i know um i know jamie and i know uh, i know a few of the other kids uh kids sure. from uh um southern grist bearded iris not so much but shit saying, I mean, so, if, if so you guys if you guys need some beers and irish in your life i'll hook you up no, it's, it's what i'm saying
2: is does simplistic reviews want to host a collab series with weathered souls and Isla coming up to nashville shit. we can brew all together we can brew one-on-one we can do one big podcast i'll leave, i'll even arrange to get a cuban food pop-up i
1: mean i, I would start with simple i would i would start with Southern something because i could probably talk to kevin and jamie See if Kevin and Jamie want to do, do something. like a whole
2: little like Texas takeover collab or something like that, man. And like fucking go brew it and then come back in a couple weeks and just tap it. Throw a party. Then simplistic reviews is the one who hosts it. Goddamn. So you're putting me on the spot now, dude. <laughs> That's what we do, man. We, I, 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 we got some spots open in August. So. All right. Well, next time I run into Kevin
1: and Jamie, um, I'll mention I mean you guys probably talk to them more than I do, of course, too.
0: So no? Yeah, no, we're yeah. we're we're literally we, we ain't got it in like our that. we're in our twenty five by one hundred foot brewery, like we're like at <laughs> seven days a week. <laughs> I mean you guys we got, got of, like, you, yeah. I mean you guys I got it with you. Jay Wade I, and everything like that no, though. I, I should you not know. No. No. I mean, it's like it's that. like Nicholas Cage when he steps out of the fucking bus for the first time and his hair's waving that's how like literally it feels to get out of the boot you're looking con
1: airish right now you're looking yeah. like him they put the yeah. body down yeah Seriously,
0: that's that's how it feels it's just, when we when we hear get all these emails like when joshua like tells me it's just kind of like what those guys heard of us like i'm just literally right, it's, well, it's, I mean, it's, I, it's amazing I might, I might Amazing, just have to do the tag
1: team. or do the DM and go like, "Yo, I just spoke to Joaquin and Josh over at Isla. It's like, are you guys interested in doing something?" I mean, I don't even have to be a part of it. I would just like to see you, fucking, um, bad I and collaborate on something. To be honest,
0: I personally loved the brewery when I went when I when I went there. Like I said, it was just it was awesome because, like I said, I went downtown, I walked downtown, and that was when the Panthers were in the playoffs. Oh, so that was during CBC. So it was just kind of like, ugh i'm i'm very claustrophobic so i don't like the big crowd and everything like that and then i think luke bryan it was just like i was looking for something and it's like finally yelp something and like breweries and like southern grist was like yes
1: it Just was get me and like off the shoes like
0: neighborhood yeah exactly that was, a, uh, it, was just, it was awesome just to sit there they had a key lime pie sour that was pretty dope on that yeah there. Uh, that thing was good
1: they do so many good things and everything is like I don't know. It's just fun, different. I mean, all the Boil the Ocean stuff they do is awesome.
0: Yeah. All, all the. I went to Jackalope. That was pretty Jackalope?
1: Bad. Okay. It yeah. bad.
0: It was in the middle Jack, I mean, Jackalope bad-town. is a, it's a
1: good spot because it's in a good location. I mean, no, those are homies, too, of mine. I mean, I know Brent and I know, you know, yeah. all, all the folks there, too. I mean, it's just a matter of finding the right spot for the right fit and everything. Yeah. Like that. Shit, when you guys are fucking oh, down here in Nashville again, you just hit me up and I'll, I'll give you a goddamn tour of everything. So, <laughs> well, what,
2: what better, what, what better reason to come up than to brew some beer with you?
1: Hey, hey. <laughs> like saying. I said, man, I'll, I'll hit Jamie and Kevin up and see if they're down. I mean, I, I know everybody's got tank space right now, so I mean, everybody's wow. working on their own thing, So
2: everybody, everybody but us. But you know, I tell you what, well, what, you what, got what, when what, you guys what?
1: are putting 125 beers out, man, you don't have any <laughs> tank space. Well, uh. Yeah. We'll, uh yeah,
2: no, we'll, we'll work something out, we'll bring up the homie Marcus and we'll
1: just do a big. Well, that's the thing too, it's like be, between you guys, like, you know, just the San Antonio, like, you know, S-A-X meets, you know, N-A-S, you know, whatever you want to call it, you know, Smash Smashville and San Antonio collab type thing going on, so. I like it. I like it. I'll put the words in, I'll, I'll, I'll at least put the, put the, like, throw the flag out and be like.
0: Plant, just plant <laughs> the seed, plant the seed. Just put yeah. the seat down. Yeah. Well, well I know these, I know these brown guys. They're they, they wanting to come up here. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> so some
1: some of my brown brothers they want to come up to Nashville again.
0: Cuban, and, uh,
1: they, Cuban food is <laughs> Cuban food is on the line here. Well, see, so you guys got to bring some empanadas the and you guys from pastelitos and everything else, man. You got to be <laughs> the that's, that's on the on the Cuban side and everything like that. But I'll take I'll take anything you guys can have. I'll bust out the mezcal for you guys when you come up and everything like that. So. Done. Well, we'll get down on
0: that.
1: <laughs> well, hey, um, I'd like to thank you guys for being on the show and hanging out for damn near two hours just talking shit. So um, I'm, I'm sure you guys could find way better things to do with two hours of your time. I don't know. Yeah, I do. I, I I wasn't expecting the conversation, the fellowship uh, on this and everything. So.
2: so we're doing this once a week or what?
1: you let me know man i mean dude this could be a standing meeting we'll, we'll just have different stuff to talk about we we can just start a different like a different show so, where it's just like this is part one you know two two chicanos like, and jew or something like that we'll we'll, we'll, make, we'll like, make the uh we're, we're, we're,
2: what we'll do is we'll, we'll be like your andy richter so if you ever get like a boring guest on we'll push the conversation on
0: <laughs> and <we're> like, <laughs> we'll be the filler space like we yeah, like the lonesome I like the lonesome dove podcast. It was like a ten VHS,
1: a ten part series or something like that. It's like, ten part it's series. This was the epilogue, so we don't. This is the prologue, so we don't even know what's going off in the other ten parts. <laughs> and then we have the prologue, so we have an entire, we got an entire se- season working right now. This is just the beginning of everything. So
0: <laughs> that's right.
1: It's a well, pod series, uh,
0: not a podcast.
1: No, I mean pod podcast is too narrow of a scope. Pod series is the next okay. evolution. Of just that's right so yeah, was, l- listen to things in the car you know personally i hate listening to myself on a podcast so this is probably the last time you, i listened to myself uh, on the podcast i hate
0: it so I used, I used to sing in a metal band i used to sing in a few metal bands before i started brewing and yeah if i listened to like playbacks and like recordings would be like man my voice is terrible i know it's like ah, please so, yeah. please fix this in post because this yeah, is not working yeah.
1: for me or anything like so, that
2: i don't sound like which, that what the which? hell is this which uh, like I was talking about earlier about watching cringe videos, there's a whole there's a whole section of YouTube where you can watch like people's live performances that are just unedited, and you can hear like actually famous people sing without any sort of tuning or anything. It's it's god awful and beautiful. That's, well, they got the what it's... is it on Instagram? They got the
1: Instagram thing with catatonic youths. If you guys follow that on Instagram, it's basically just like never heard of it. Cringe like. People who are famous, but it's just like—imagine like your worst thought of what like a Creed performance could be, but like exponentially worse. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's bad. It's it's just oh my god. Yeah. So if you want really shitty stuff, catatonic youths on Instagram. I mean, it seems like you like Cringe, Josh. So.
0: This place, I'll show you
2: everything.
1: This is the equivalent of scott Stapp because i always remember the story like being <laughs> being in miami and him going down i think he was going down ocean drive in his own car uh blasting his own music in his top down oh, car so know. scott Stapp let yeah. probably to scott everybody Stapp, to know who he was uh, he's like hey i'm, I'm still scott That's Stapp. Like, it's like there's a reason why we don't care that you're scott Stapp anymore so
0: because like, you're scott Stapp. You everybody to know who it was so it's like Chad Kroger looking at a photo of himself by listening to photograph. By listening photograph, yeah. <laughs> Chad.
1: Chad Kroger used to be no. You you never were anybody. It's fine.
2: Thanks, fellas. I well, I, I, do, just, I do appreciate you. So just give me a heads up so I can order my green screen and fancy mic off of Amazon. I mean, this is this dude. This
1: is a long term project, man. I've had this going for a minute. I mean, I'm a fucking nerd, but it's, yeah, a, but- uh,
2: we, we we don't like to be we don't like to be outdone at anything. We we covered this already.
1: I know we, we did, did we did we did talk about this. I mean I'm just elevating the game at this point now. So now you the so next a time, screen. You have to get the yeah, blue yeti. I
2: have those little like foamy spike wall sound panels in here. I don't want any reverb, man. I want this shit to and be I'm, clean. Have the mic hanging, hanging right here at all times. Right, or get, get the lavalier. Or get
1: the lavalier on your thing. You know, make it look really really fresh. I mean, it's up to you yeah, guys. No, I mean, we're, we're about to go in.
0: I'm trying, I'm trying to, to get show, those foam spikes from from Armageddon with armadillos were part.
1: <laughs> I'm trying to show you guys Second. your inadequacies at up podcasting, so that's how it works. <laughs> I may not be as good a beer at you guys, but I might be good at talking into a microphone and having a. I'm going to get the ge- I'm going to get the
0: Joe Buck series mic. That's what I'm get.
1: <laughs> See now we're talking. See this is how we elevate ourselves. <laughs> not sure if this is working, but it's going to elevate at some point. <laughs>
0: I don't want I do his I don't want his craft beer street kid cred being ruined by the bad bedazzled jeans and affliction shirts over there.
1: I think I might raise it up, or people may steal the idea. <laughs> you might you might have people that are like, hmm. I think there's an untapped there's an untapped market right here. The dad affliction uh, um. Scott Stapp uh, set.
0: Hmm.
2: Thanks for listening to Beyond the Pale Ale. You can find more
0: features from Simplistic Reviews at simplisticreviews.net. And remember, bottoms up!